What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Channel, B1. I was actually going to start out and say, what's up, Biker Bar? I need to have a new intro for the Biker Bar instead of what's up, YouTube? Because um, whenever I do that, and this is on the podcast, it doesn't really make any sense to the podcast people. I'm saying what's up, YouTube, right? So anyways, here we are, episode 31 of the Biker Bar. If you're not familiar with it, it's a long format interview style um, podcast live stream that goes every week on Sundays at 5 p.m. PST. But oddly enough, this is Friday at 6. So we had to do a little bit of juggling around. I'm doing some traveling. Um, if you're on my Patreon, you know what's going on. If you want to know what's up with... Uh, if you want the inside scoop, go to patreon.biker.com. But if you don't give a shit, just watch the channel and hit thumbs up whenever you're watching and you're having a good time. That's a good way to go about it. Um, there's a few things that I wanted to call out before we get started. Um, those of you guys that throw up the super chats, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. That's the stuff that keeps the channel going between that and buying swag and whatnot. So I can't always call everybody out, but um, I try to in, in the chat. And otherwise, uh, please, please don't hesitate to, to keep this thing going. On that note, if you don't want to throw out super chats, you don't want to join Patreon, and you just want to somehow contribute other than hitting thumbs up and watching the videos, what you could do is you could go to amazon.biker.com and that'll take you to an Amazon store. And if you change your bookmark for Amazon to that link, and then anytime that you're going to buy something from Amazon, like toilet paper or tampons for the lady, whatever the fuck you're doing, then I get a cut for that. And you don't even have to pay extra. So that's another way that you can do that. So go ahead, do amazon.biker.com, throw that up in your bookmarks and make that your way that you go about Amazon buying. Amazoning, I don't know how you call that. Um, aside from that, another thing is next week, I, I just got done telling you guys it's every Sunday. I'm full of shit because next week I'm going to be in Sedona or actually on my way back from Sedona. So um, there won't be a biker bar next week. So we'll be following up the week after that. If you guys are going to Sedona, please, man, if you see me, don't freaking walk by and be all shy or whatever. Just come over, man. We're I definitely want to talk to you guys. Definitely want to see you guys. I saw a picture of Sedona today. There's like eight inches of snow or I don't know how much snow. It looked ridiculous. If you were on, I don't know whose freaking Instagram that was. Maybe it was Paul the Punter or something. I don't remember. Somebody's Instagram just put a picture showing uh, Sedona. It's 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 definitely very white there. Not, not the red clay you're expecting to see. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and get started this, this week. Like I said, episode 31, and I'm super stoked about this episode. We have Ryan from the Lone Ranger. If you guys aren't familiar with him, I'll let him introduce his channel. Ryan, why don't you give me a little heads up on what, what you're doing over there? Hey, what's up, Robert? Thanks for having me on here, man. I, I love watching these. Like the You always do the deep dive, so I'm a little nervous, but uh, <laughs> it should be good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I run a YouTube channel called Lone Ranger and I've uh, been running that for about two years now. It's been a pretty crazy ride like since the beginning. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like my outlet for creating fun stuff and uh, doing what I like to do. Like, I like to play with cameras and I like to ride bikes and I finally decided to mix the two together and that's that's the Lone Ranger channel. So we do some travel stuff, we do some how-to, just a bunch of different things, uh -huh. whatever's, whatever's fun that week. So, so you're saying we, I know when you started the channel, it was, it was 
if it well, I was speaking from your point, me, but there, there is a we now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, Beth is a huge part of the Lone Ranger channel. Like we, I mean, she's working behind the scenes a ton and she always has, but she's been out in front of the camera a lot over the last year. And she, and there's going to be a lot more of that too, going forward, which is really cool. And my kids, Casey and Tom, they're on the channel. Um, I put like a gimbal and GoPro on my like nine-year-old last year and he was like shredding down the trail so it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty cool and like really surreal to see especially like i don't know if you've have you ever had like a gopro on like your kids do your kid does yeah. your kids like mountain bike at all yeah one of the very first videos that i had on my channel it before it was a youtube channel was actually a, a and i left it up there is a, a video that i did with my kids so nice. they were tiny then yeah they it's like a really surreal it. thing to see a pov perspective of of your kid right like you're actually seeing life through like their eyes in right. that moment i'm like whoa this is yeah this is pretty nuts and so yeah it's really it's been really cool having them a part of it too so but for right for, now just me here <laughs> for, for them they just they just really dig that too like oh man yeah. i get to put the camera on and like they get to see the edit and it's like it's them i i don't know i for me one of the main reasons that i left that video on my channel um so basically let, let let me take a, a step back. So I had started my channel, had different ideas of what biker was going to be back then. And um, so I had a handful of stuff. And then whenever I realized that I wanted to do it kind of more YouTube centric instead of my website centric, I, I deleted all the content that I had on there, but I left that channel because it was called biker.com on the okay. YouTube. And cause that was the website that I had started. And um, so, but I left that one because it just, it, Every time I watch it, it just makes me smile. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to take that off of there because I like to see it. And I also want to remember like my, my roots, you know, where I, where I started at. Totally. But yeah. man, those kids, they just, they just, they love that stuff. You know, when they get to, to see that, you know, like kind of edited production of what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, most, most kids, you know, they get, you know, some, some video that was like dad or mom with a, like a VHS camcorder back in the day. And, it, you know, like to see something edited with music and stuff, they were, they were amped. Oh yeah, for sure. Like <clears throat> taking Casey's POV run and like, that looks cool. But then like I put music over top of it. And as soon as you do that, it's like a whole different ball game. It just looks like it's just so much more cool all of a sudden. Right. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah. So, so you're not uh, American, right? Correct. I, well, I'm North American. North American. Yeah, here we go. Yes, you are. Extra so, North American. Yeah. So where, where is it that you live? I live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So uh, if you were to go straight up from Montana for like mm, four and a half hours, mm -hmm. you would find me. There. Oh, so you're kind of like in the middle. Yeah. Um, well, this will be backwards. But like, okay, so Pacific Ocean, I'll try and like do it right. Yeah. Pacific Ocean and then BC and then Alberta. Uh-huh. So if you were to drive west from my place for like three or four hours, you would hit BC. Right, right. Yeah. So I mean, I, and and to me, like as far as mountain biking goes, there's like there's only one part of Canada. You know? um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you, you know, so like in my mind, like it's sometimes like people be like, "Oh yeah, I live in Canada." I'm like, "Oh, right on." And then they're like from back east somewhere, like uh, Toronto is that east? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> us stupid americans we like pay no attention to anybody <laughs> else it's it's ridiculous yeah. well it, the, well i have to say though like in quebec 
in like the Montreal area, like Mont Saint Anne, like they have incredible riding out there. From what I've heard, I've never been there before because Canada is so damn big. A plane ticket just to the other side of Canada is like seven hundred dollars. So I haven't been there, but um, there's good riding there too. But as far as like we're concerned, yeah, like where I'm at, I'm in the prairies, and it's kind of weird running a mountain bike channel from the middle of the prairies. But um, we are looking to change that very, very soon. We've been oh. talking about it a lot, but we're trying oh. to make it happen for this year. So a little inside <laughs> scoop there. Yeah. You know, it's funny how people like stereotype like geographically. I know when I lived in Germany that all the Germans thought uh, if you were an American, you like were either one of two things, a surfer or a cowboy. <laughs> and it's like dude this is a huge country i mean yeah. like like for them the way that they drive through germany is like where i could drive through the state that i grew up in pennsylvania like a couple hours and you're out of the country yeah totally you know, like for them to like it, it's it's difficult for them or like some people in different countries like that to like wrap around wrap their head around like how big it is and canada is the same oh yeah yeah, it, it, it's America's giant hat. That's what Canada is. <laughs> so how did you get into mountain biking, dude? Um, I got into mountain biking because I needed to hate archery. That might sound slightly confusing, but... No, that's, that's, that's <laughs> so when I, you know, like your parents will be into something and then mm -hmm. like you'll try and be into it, but then most of the time kids will just run in the opposite direction. Well, my dad was like an Olympic level um, archery Archer. Archer. Yeah, I should know that. Um, and <laughs> I should really know that. And uh, so he he went into like international competitions and he was like a really like amazing coach and all that stuff. We had an acreage like out in the country and there were like full on Olympic size like shooting range. Uh, and there was like competition. Like my whole life, there was just like archery everywhere. And um, so I started getting into it as you would if you're just like surrounded by it. But eventually I was like, I, I don't like this. I don't like this whole standing still thing. Cause you just, everything's very controlled and it's very quiet mm -hmm. and you all line up and then, okay, now you can shoot. And then you go walking quietly to the target and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, nope, this isn't for me. So I decided, I don't even know how I first decided to try mountain biking, but I want, I just went like straight into it hard. Like I went and got a, it's called it, a, how, how old were you at this point? Uh, I was probably like 13. Oh, okay. Something like that. So, so yeah, like I've been riding for like, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've been riding for 20 years. So um yeah, I, I ended up getting a bike. How, how, how old are you? I'm 34. 34. Okay. Yeah. I was like, shit, that just means that I haven't been riding for 20 years. I've been riding for longer than 20 years. I always have like no idea how old I am. And like I, I'll tell like the lady all the time. She'll be like, I'm, I'm, oh, I met these people. They're super cool. And she's like, oh, how old are they? Oh, my age. And then she'll meet them. She'll be like, uh, dude, they're like 25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in there. I know that's the thing. Like, that's what I've realized. Becoming an adult, you never feel like an adult ever. At least I don't anyways. Yeah, no. And it sounds like you don't either. Does anybody ever feel like an adult? It's one of those things. Honestly, I, I, I had somebody tell me when, when I was much younger, they were like 60 at the time. And they were like, I still think I'm 21 you know, yeah. they're like, my body doesn't do 21, but like in your head, he's like, I, I still think I'm 21. And I'm like, man, I totally get that. You know, yeah. as I'm getting older, like I'm definitely, you know, definitely wiser than I was. Well, okay. Slightly wiser than I was, <laughs> but like, not, not that I like, 
I feel any different. You know what I mean? No. Where it's, I'm still just the same jackass I was then. Yeah. Apparently, no, but now just on the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> right? No, it's true. And that's, uh, yeah, that's definitely one thing that's like, I'm, I'm hoping that'll never change because that would be weird if one day you woke up and you're like, I need to be really responsible. And do you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's like certain things that like creep into your life where like, all right, I need to pay the rent slash money. Right. I need right. to buy groceries. But yeah, I feel like my whole life, I've just been like trying to find the best way possible to just do that, like pay the rent and buy the groceries, but then still, still do the things that I would like to do if I was a kid. You know, dude, something about my life that I'm, I'm happy about is that I've always just done whatever made me happy, Yeah, you know? And, and I always feel like if you're passionate about something and a little bit honest with yourself, um, you can always make like, like you can always build your life around that, you know? So like when I was younger, it was a music thing. So it was like, you know, I wanted to be in the music industry. I was going to school for that. I had a band, I played music and like, that was it. And then somewhere along the line, it turned into like IT. And then, so I was into computers. And then later it was like, oh, this thing, mountain biking thing, I want to do that more. And it was yeah. like, yeah, obviously I'm not going to be a pro. You guys have seen me ride. So <laughs> it was like, like, well, how can I do that? And then here I am, you know, like nudging my way in. Yeah. But I think that, that you should just always do whatever makes you happy. And, and like the rest of the shit washes out, you know, like, yep. It just, well, I'm just figuring out what your skill skill. Well, I, I don't want to say figure out what your skills are because I think anybody can be skilled at anything, but figuring out what comes most naturally to you, where you, where you kind of get that feeling. Like when yeah. I, like you, I was heavily into music. Like most of my life has just been about music. And uh, when you'd be on stage and playing, you'd have that certain feeling. And then like, the funny thing is I get the same thing when I'm putting together an edit. And yeah. like I drop in a music track and I'm just like, yes, yeah. and that's, that's a big reason why like most of my stuff is all music based. And that's actually how I edit most of my stuff. I, I try and pick a track first and then I build a story off of the music. I, I think it's, uh, it's just being an artistic person. Like mm -hmm. that's the way I'm going to, I'm going to like box you in there yep. because I feel yeah. like it's a sim it's similar with me. Like, I think that's what I enjoy the most about YouTube is it's like creating something. Yeah. And it can yeah. be anything like, we run mountain bike ish channels, but within that, there's so much that you can do. You can focus on the music side of it. You can focus on the audio, like the video side of it or the storytelling or like, there's so much that you can do within this one platform. So I think it's, it's just kind of the best of everything that I've found so far anyways. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely digging it, dude. I, there's like so many things about it that I love, you, you know, but there's also things that like, I'm not, crazy about you know like some of the things that i didn't really expect was like maybe some of the perception that people get that is not true like um let me say something like i had somebody asked me because i do a lot of stuff with sticker and they're like oh yeah you own that sticker company and i'm like yeah. no actually i i i don't dude i actually pay them for the stickers that I get. Yeah. Well, you must be sponsored by road mics. Cause I see a road mic in your frame there. <laughs> right? that, that's the other one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and you, you must be sponsored by pole. Uh, well, <laughs> that was a bad example. Yeah. Well, actually so, a good example. But, so how yeah. did that happen? Um, that happened 
because I am a persistent bastard and I just kept bugging him about it. Uh, yeah, that's kind of just how I've done most things. I've just sort of like wedged my way in there until they, so, cause here's the thing, like there's so much noise out there with as far as content being put out and like people riding bikes fast, like mm -hmm. the, there's a lot out there. So I find if you want to get somebody's attention, one, you got to have like the, the chops to like back it up with whatever that means, whether that's riding fast or making good videos or whatever. Right. But two, you just got to be persistent because they get so many. And even like now that I've, like I've been working with Pole, and um, I, I have the ability to like post on their social media channels and stuff just because I'm posting some videos for them. Mm -hmm. And I see, I see all the requests that they get of yeah. people just like, hey, I'm, you know, I did this at this race and can you, you whatever, right? Or I have a YouTube channel, that kind of thing. So they see a ton. So you just got to like, you got to get in there and send email after email. I think I send like four or five emails when I was first wanting to get that first bike frame, that mm -hmm. Evo link. And um, those didn't work. I private messaged Leo on Instagram, like just everything I could. And then we just started building that relationship. And that's what it all comes from. Like yeah, I need the same thing. I mean, it's definitely persistence. Yeah. For me, for me, I'm, um, I'm fortunate that I'm in an area where there is a lot of bike companies. Totally. Bike yeah. Or bike related, related companies. So like, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, so for me, like I've been fortunate to be able to like, go to Callie's office, you know what I mean? And have friends that are like friends of them or like, you know, something like sea otter, which we were talking about before the show. It's like, yeah. it's in my backyard. So I'm definitely in a, in a, a good position in, in that manner that I, that I can do that. And that's also like, that's how I, I personally always like do better in person yeah. than I do. Like I, I, I don't do as well on email because I have a, I have a sense of humor that really plays off of like people's like body reaction. Okay. You, you know what I mean? So like <laughs> and emails aren't really the place. Yeah. For that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fucked up in email. You know yeah. what I mean? So like on email, like I could be like, what's up dude. You know? And they're oh, like, yeah. who is this guy that acts like he fucking knows me? You yeah. know what I mean? But then I meet him in person and they're like, Oh, okay. I get it. You're jovial or you're funny or you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, it, it, it doesn't work. Every, every email that I've sent, I feel like, dude, if I read this, I'd be like, I'm all in. But like, I, I don't get very many responses. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm kind of the opposite. I feel like I come across better when there's a camera between me and the other person on the other side of the globe than mm -hmm. uh, in person. I feel like I'm way more awkward in person than I am on camera. That's funny. <laughs> that was one of the things for me, like when I started my channel was like, I wanted to do things like, oh, I want to do everything like one take. You know, like when I would do my, my like uh, subscriber updates, you know, when I first started, like that was a thing to do. And it was yeah. like, dude, I want to hit record and just talk the whole way through it and then freaking like hit finish. And then like, I yeah. felt like people would like relate with that better. Right. And then, and maybe they did. I don't know. But now I'm like, oh, dude, I can freaking edit this. I can like change the camera angle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's it's funny. So there's a bunch of people on the uh, the chat that are that are talking about how fucking awesome your lighting is. For those of you guys that are listening on the on the podcast, he's got like half of his face like Darth Vader dark, and the other half is like lit up. Like it's it's the good side, you know, it's the good side of the force. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. That's well. This is the thing is that like I when it comes to stuff like this, it's such a pain in the ass to set this stuff up. But I just I can't really. I just want to, I just yeah. freaking want to, you know? And so it's just, yeah, I've got my one, 
here, I'll, and I'll, I'll zoom out so you can see how big of a mess everything really is. So you've got this big, I think it's like a 47 inch light right there. And it's a really, really awesome video light that I invested in this year that I'm super pumped about. And then I just got like these two so little it's like a, For those of you guys that are listening, it's kind of oh, like yeah. a soft box light. So it, it's a big round one up in, up in the air there. And soft box for the, those of you guys that aren't in the film industry, it's kind of like a, a bright light that has a, a film <laughs> over the top of it, kind of diffuses it, makes yeah. it look like all like mood setting. Yeah, for sure. And I like, I mean, I only got this like fancier light just about a month ago. And before that I was using like this dim little uh, thing that like you could barely light anything from like a foot away. And that's what I shot the last two years on was like this really, really crappy light that I couldn't even really control. And I'm like, hey, we have to do this. This one even has like a remote. Like I can just like dim up and down. For the podcast listeners, I am now dimming up and down with my remote. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He's going from like extremely dark. Well, wait, yeah. wait. he's going from extremely dark yeah. to the light side <laughs> yeah like and there, there we go there's the youtube version of everything i zoom in and everything looks all great and i zoom back out and it's like oh gosh well you even <laughs> got a light behind you for some like backlight there too yeah well so, i find like when it comes to like people just looking at you your face talking i feel like they need something else that they can look around at a little bit at the same time yeah you can't just look at this for two hours. <laughs> so this this easily gets into you know a whole other conversation here. Obviously, you have a little bit of training about this whole lighting situation. You you're you're a photographer by trade, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for over ten years, a little over well, eleven years, I guess, barely over ten. And how'd you uh, get into that, dude? Um, uh, that just came from another one of those like. I, I started taking pictures with the whole music thing, like just taking photos of other bands that we were playing with and stuff. And I liked it. And then uh, my sister had a wedding in Mexico and she, um, one of my mom's friends showed up with a camera and he was promising to like get all these great photos. And he showed up with just this teensy little point and shoot camera and he didn't know how to use it. And so I kind of just like grabbed my film SLR cause I was shooting film then and uh, shot my sister's wedding without knowing how to do it. And I was like, well, that went okay. And the photos were all right. And then I just kind of like slowly started building it from there. What um, were we doing for a job at the time? <clears throat> I've done like every type of job, like everything. At the time, I was a water delivery boy. So there I was lifting go. bottles of water all day. Like I was like, I was doing okay in, in, the, in the muscles department. And I never went to the gym because I was carrying like 100 pounds all day long, five days a week. It was that was that was pretty awesome. Not so much right. from the back, but everything else. But let's go through some shitty jobs that we've had. I've I've worked in a pizza shop. How about you? Uh, I worked in um, a produce department. Yeah, stocking produce and, and picking through like Christmas time. We would get in the big giant crates of all the Christmas oranges, like the little guys, uh -huh. and we would have to go through and manually pick out all the disgusting, moldy ones uh -huh. and and leave the half decent ones left in the box. Check this one out, dude. I thought this one was a score when I got it. Th these are obviously I was quite a bit younger, but I was I got a job at a pet shop, and I was like, "This is going to be awesome. I'm going to go like pet puppies all day long." No. And I showed up, and they were like, "Okay, you see these 95 fish tanks? Yeah, clean them all out." And I was oh. like, "What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like, fish tanks stink, man. You open up a fish tank, doesn't yeah, smell. No, I didn't even get to the freaking guinea pig section before I was like, "I'm out." Yeah. <laughs> How about yeah. have you done have you done any food food work? Yeah. 
No, I've never worked in the food industry before. I worked at like a, a Volkswagen slash Porsche dealership before. And I started oh, in, like washing cars uh, for a while. Oh. And then by the time I finished there, I was just the guy that transported Porsches around the city. So if somebody needed a car somewhere else, I would drive the Porsche to the oh. other side of the city. And I was like 19. And I right. didn't know you're like, this is as cool as it gets. Yeah, I didn't even know how to drive stick when I started that job. And I learned while driving $120,000 uh, right. gearboxes. <laughs> right, if, if Instagram was a thing back then, dude, you would have been oh. money. Oh yeah, <laughs> flexing all day, man. Right, <laughs> I did, I did, uh, I, I pushed carts at Walmart for a while. I actually left my job at the night shift of, of Toys R Us to go to Walmart for like another 35 cents an hour. I thought that there was a good raise. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've had lots of, yeah, just like random jobs and stuff. I, I worked for my dad for a bit like uh, in school and um, he paid okay. It was like eight bucks an hour and eight bucks an hour back then was like, dang, that was good. Yeah. And, but we would we walked into this hotel and he did like refinishing of like wood refinishing. And so we walked in this hotel and I swear it's just all wood, like floor to ceiling, like 30 feet up, just wood panels. He's like, okay, so we have to sand all this. So how about her? Yeah. Yeah. That was my summer. But I, yeah. that's how I bought my first real bike, though, was after that summer. I worked yeah. for it. And it was a Cannondale F700 Olympic edition, 1996. Oh, was that the one with the the, the head head tube freaking um head shock? Head shock. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, man, 60 millimeters of, of plush suspension up front. <laughs> when I first met my lady, um, one of the, you know, like the criteria is on looking for a new lady at the time was, does she mountain bike? And she's like, yeah, yeah. So I started talking to Katie and she's like, yeah, I mountain bike. And so she showed up at my house with her bike and it was, and at this point that wasn't new anymore. And uh, she showed up with the head, with the head tube you know, suspension, a hard tail, oh, yeah, head shock. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The, the hard tail. And I was like, yeah, this is not gonna. This is not gonna feel good on the ride that we're going on. She hung out with that thing for a little bit, and then I then I ended up telling her, "Look, let me sell that. I'm gonna buy you another bike, like used on Craigslist." Yeah. We sold that thing for like three hundred bucks. I got like a full suspension bike that probably had maybe three hours of riding on it oh, for nice. like six hundred bucks. So I was like, "For three hundred bucks, you got a new bike." Yeah. For those of you guys that don't want to buy used, like, or don't have a lot of money, like you can find some good stuff on 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 the used side but the thing that i have to tell you and maybe you, you have some input on this as well just it takes time like like instead you can't be like a motivated buyer and and get a good deal you have to be like okay i'm gonna take three months of watching craigslist every day True. and in every city that i'm willing to drive to so like if your city is let's just say san francisco like look at cities that are three, four, five hours away yep. and, and be like, Hey, I'll go all the way there for that bike and I'll go there, pick it up, ride there and then come home. Like, but um, yeah, that's what I've always done too. And you gotta, I have, it's, I've spent so much time looking for good deals on bikes. It's rare that I've lost money on selling it after I used it for like one or two years or whatever. I would usually sell it for what I paid, if not a little bit more. But that, but again, it'd take like two months of like time. So, you know, if your time is worth nothing, then it's a great deal. <laughs> right. Yeah. When I got the Bronson, man, I, I honestly, I was, I, I was pretty set on buying a, a new Yeti at the time. Oh, wow. I, I was right. really, want, want, I was like, it was, I had sold my house. And, and when I sold my house, I, I took some of that money and I was like, I'm going to buy a badass bike. 
That's what you, you have know. to do to afford a Yeti. You have to sell your house. Right, exactly. So especially a California house, you have to sell a California house. <laughs> so like, I was like, you know, and, and I, and, and I knew at the time that like they were, they were redoing the SB five. So I knew they were going to start doing the uh, internal routing. So I was kind of holding out to, to see, cause they had already done the SB six and they hadn't done it to the SB five. That's the one I was looking at. And I was like, I, I want to wait until the end of the year. So at meantime, I'm like looking, cause you know, that money is like burning a hole in your pocket. Yeah. Like, I want a new bike at that time. I mean, the bike I was riding was years old, very many years old. And, um, so along the way, it's like, I run into this Bronson. That's like a $10,000 build. It was, I think what well, was, so that would have been 20, 2017, I think. So it was a 2018 model, but you know how they, they come out early. Yeah. Right. So it was like, it was not even, I think it was January of 2018. And, and this guy had this bike, it's like not even six months old and half the price of what it would be retail. Oh, I love those guys. Yeah. Because he was, a, he, he was like a sales guy for like, you know, something tied into the bike industry. Okay. I probably paid him more than what he paid for it. But for me, it was like 5,000 bucks for a $10,000 bike. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I was That's like, awesome. oh. Fuck that Yeti, dude. I'm I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong with the Bronson, man. Those are great bikes for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, how long did you do the photo stuff before you started thinking about this YouTube deal? I always wanted to keep them separate or and well, by YouTube deal, it's sort of like combining mountain biking and the photography videography. I was wanting to keep them separate because like I actually went to school for recording engineering, recording bands or recording studios, that kind of stuff. And I, I started doing that, started my own studio and realized that combining work and music was a really bad idea and I didn't like it at all. Like I just immediately knew, I'm like, this isn't for me. Even though I went to school for it, I have all this gear for it, I'm out. And so I went from that and started looking more into the photography end of it. Cause I, as I was saying, like I was already kind of shooting at the time. And uh, at that same time, I was still working part-time delivering water. So I was doing a bunch of stuff at one time, which I typically do, I guess. And I got laid off on like January 2nd, 2008 or whatever. And so I came back to my wife who, and we had just had a baby a couple months before that. We had zero savings and no prospects whatsoever. And she wasn't working at the time. And I was like, I think I'm just going to start a photography business and hope for the best <laughs> with no portfolio. We didn't have a website. We didn't have a, a company name or anything. So like the next day I just like got up at five and then got to work making a really terrible website. And uh, yeah, just kind of went from there. And it was like a couple of pretty hard years in there, but um, yeah, we just kind of made it work throughout the years and just, it just kind of slowly built up as these things do. It takes time. That was the thing. Like, I feel like, it was a time when a lot of people were entering into photography and thought that it was kind of like a, a get rich quick kind of thing. Yeah. There's not. a few of them. I'm I here to tell you photography, freaking, <laughs> um, real estate. That's another, you know what I mean? Like, they're, yeah. they're, I think that those jobs all like weed people out pretty quick though. Yeah, for sure. And so going from that, um, eventually I was like, you know what I do, I do want to combine photography and, and videography and mountain biking. Um, and so, I wanted to just start shooting more mountain biking stuff, not even necessarily for myself, but for like companies or pink bike or whatever. Like I was obsessed with pink bike at the time. And uh, I just wrote a pitch about an idea I had about like how all the people around where I live 
it's like so cold here for so long and yet you can fly for an hour and a half west like an hour and a half flight and it's not snowy and cold and you can go to a bike park and it's amazing and stay in canada which is a big thing for us because our dollar sucks right so going to the states is really expensive so i wanted to just kind of like use that to have my in into the industry and so i made a pitch i talked to somebody at pink bike and they were like super into it which is great and then from there i pitched like five to, I, I pitched like tourism bc i pitched but you uh, had this like port this like like photography portfolio that they could yeah but no like, biking in it at all right but they could at least look at that stuff and be like okay this this guy at like like shooting wise should know what the hell he's doing yeah well yeah as far as taking photos for sure um so yeah and then we just like put together that and then kind of at the same time i was working on all that i saw a video from a guy named steve story and I shared one of his videos on my communities tab or whatever recently. And that was the first video that I ever saw of somebody riding with a gimbal and in 4k and in all that awesome, you know, high quality goodness. Right. And I could not believe it. Like I was always looking for a way to make things look as fast as possible and as, as real as possible as it was at the time. And I was like floored by his video. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy a gimbal. And that's going to be a part of this video and i'm going to ride at coast gravity park and it'll be awesome and then um yeah i just decided to so did you have a youtube channel at that point no or you were like so you were pitching this idea to pink bike didn't even have a youtube channel nope nothing but the idea nothing. was going to be a, a youtube channel or yeah it's going to be like i want to do a video for you guys this no this was just like a one-off story that i was going to post on the pink bike and then that's it and then what I what I wanted to do was take this gimbal thing with like a smooth footage that I had never seen before and start documenting just trail networks. Right. And I was like, well, wait, you know, it'd be cool if I like went from like place to place and had like the bike association or like the town or the city actually like have me go and document their trail systems in like super high quality. Cause I'm always the person that like looks into the trails before I go there. Right. And it has always been like, you know, shaky head cam from 2003 or whatever it was. And so I was like, well, let's try and do that. And that's actually my, my first ideas for this channel was just I, documenting trails. I heard you somewhere else along the line say that when you came up with this idea, you thought there was nobody else doing it. Oh, yeah. You were I like, was, oh, I have this million dollar idea. Yeah. I was 100% certain that nobody else was doing any of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got on YouTube and you're like, holy shit, where's all these other guys from? Well, you know that at the time, like when I was really digging into it, I was like, hey, what gimbal should I get? And uh, when I was looking for what gimbal to buy, I stumbled upon this guy who had just put out a gimbal review video for this Fayetech gimbal. And it was Brian from BKXE. And yeah. he had just started his channel and uh, just putting out that video. And that, that's how I actually first saw one of his videos was him riding uh, one of his trails near his house with that gimbal. Yeah. And so even like Brian, he wasn't really putting out much of anything at that point either. Now he, yeah, he got the he ball rolling start. pretty quickly. And so it was sort of like a, a five month span, five or six month span in between when a few of the guys got rolling and then when I got rolling. Kind I of think like, we're, we're a lot of us, like, I think, you know, sub count wise, maybe we're not all in the same game, but I think like timing wise, some of us, some of us are, you know, and like for me, it was a similar thing. I, I had talked about earlier, like I had started biker.com and originally when I started that, it was kind of like what you were talking about. I, there was this guy that did like all these like local trail reviews and he like wrote them all out, like 
like paragraphs of, okay, then you're going to come to this turn. And then you have a picture of that turn. So you yeah. like knew where everything was. And, and, um, unfortunately that guy, uh, he, he, his, his daughter passed away and I think it was Sedona or, mm. or, uh, no, we're not Sedona. Um, Utah, what's the, what's the big epic place in Utah? Um, uh, like, was she riding when she passed? Yeah. Away? Yeah. Oh she, man, that's awful. They were riding, like they were doing a mountain bike ride and, and maybe the, like the whole enchilada or something like that. And yeah. basically she dehydrated. And no so way. whenever that happened, obviously that kind of like put his, 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 uh, mountain biking passion on hold for a bit while he yeah. dealt with that emotionally. And so anyway, so like, because his, his website kind of like died off, I was like, Oh, I'm going to do the same thing. And like, but I'm going to document these, these trails, you know, and, and, you know, kind of like what we were saying, just, I'm going to document them. And, um, then whenever I had started the website, I was like, Oh, instead of doing pictures, I'm gonna buy a GoPro and just like put some video in there. Yeah. So like my original idea was like kind of what we're doing now, except for I was gonna, gonna like, it was going to be based off of my website. Like YouTube was only going to be the medium by how I get this video onto my website. Yeah. You know, and then next thing you know, like the same thing, it was Brian. So I had, I had taken like, I, I had built this website, started like, I, I have a tendency to overcomplicate things. So I'm like, you know, I want things to be like Steven Spielberg style, but like, I, <laughs> I maybe don't have any of that skill. So mm -hmm. like, I, I fell into like trying to learn how to edit, which is not an easy thing. Hell no. And, and then, and then, you know, I, I lost some motivation through it. And then it was the same thing with Brian. I, cause he's local. He, he would post his videos on a forum that, that is local for us here. Like some people, well, that's actually a national forum, MTBR. Yeah. But the most active ones, NorCal. And, and that's kind of um, where he was posting his videos to kind of like get some notoriety. And I started watching his shit and I was like, you know what, dude, I've had too many nights like being drunk or, catching a good buzz with the buddies and talking about dude we're gonna do this biker thing yeah and i was like same thing you know it was like i saw this video and i was like no i think i can do that yeah that's awesome gotta come from somewhere for sure yeah and it and it's good like and like we went into this like i really well it's kind of funny like how you were saying like you created the youtube channel to bring people to your website or like a part of your website and that's another part of why we started this it was like so many different parts to it but like I had an online beginner photography class that I was trying to promote as well. And one of my friends, Aaron, she has, it's called, she has a YouTube channel called my green closet. And it's like a, an eco fashion vlog kind of thing. She does a great job at it. It's awesome. And she happened to mention my online beginner photography class once at the end of one of her videos. And you know, like most people aren't even watching by the end of a video, right? Right. She mentioned it. And then I sold like a bunch of online classes and I was like, what the heck this whole YouTube thing. <laughs> so I just kind of like spurred me forward. I'm like, I know I'll make awesome mountain bike content. And then I'll just like have a little plug for like the online beginner class. And so that was another reason why I started it. Not a single person ever once bought that class <laughs> because of my YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. It's, ever. it's funny. I, I used to have people tell me they're, Oh, you should, because I'm in tech, you know? So people be like, 
oh, you should, you're, you're a funny guy. You have like a good personality or whatever. You should do YouTube. I used to always just blow them off. I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. YouTube's for like cat videos, man. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like the, just fail videos and cat videos. And it wasn't until right around that same time that, that I saw the Brian video or the BKXC video it was like, I had started to like look at YouTube for like how to fix your water heater when this part breaks. Yeah, totally. And then I, I think once you start like realizing like what's there, there's a lot of people out there that don't realize what's there on YouTube. Oh yeah. Like it's they don't, they don't understand like how this younger generation, like maybe doesn't want cable whenever you're like, dude, you could actually watch all the TV that you would want to watch, but on YouTube. Yep. You know, yeah. like great, great shows out there. Like, like, uh, hot ones does that, uh, oh, love hot ones that, oh, dude, that's probably my favorite YouTube. Actually, what's your favorite YouTube channel? Um, right now it's probably, it depends on hot ones. Cause a lot of the guests I don't seem to know. I don't think I'm like hip enough to like know half the guests now, but, um, yeah, when they have a guest, I know hot ones for sure. Um, then I'm like really hooked on this one whiskey YouTube channel called whiskey tribe. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, what do they do? Um, it's just like two guys and they have this really cool idea of like crowdfunding a distillery uh, down. I think it's in Texas and they just like they're one like one's a sommelier. And so like he knows his stuff. And so they 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 taste all and review all these different whiskeys and like how to stuff for whiskeys. And, you know, it's kind of like a, a process of them creating this distillery. So it's all kinds of stuff. But they're yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. I like it. And you're obviously a whiskey guy. I think that's what you're sipping on right now. What, do you, what are you sipping on? Yes, this is um, one of the more hilarious names. It's Abelar Abunod. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, actually, so I brought the bottle because I was live streaming yesterday and people were like, what what whiskey is that? And so I actually brought the bottle upstairs with me. I just finished it too. Like this is the end of this bottle, which I'm really sad about. But there it is, everybody. Oh, focus. There it is. So you guys know Lone Ranger just finished a whole bottle of whiskey on this live stream. Yeah. Before we went on, I drank most of it. Yeah. That bottle's too. Yeah. That that's a bottle that I buy like every like three years or so because it's kind of pricey and it's like the Christmas whiskey that that's I a good one. splurge on. Yeah. I can't do whiskey, man. I'm a beer guy. So I'm <laughs> drinking right here. This one's got a cool name too. It's called Dead Guy. Oh yeah. And the first time I ever had it, I was on a ride with with one of my buddies. I was actually filming, and I was like, "Man, I've never had a dead guy." And and, and my buddy like had the best like one liner right afterwards. He was like, "Oh, that's not the first time Roberts had a dead guy in his mouth." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know if that's funny or disturbing, but I'm gonna laugh." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just kind of have to at that point. Yeah, no, I I like my beer for sure, but um. Yeah, winter time, and it's still definitely winter for me. It's good to have some whiskey. It's no doubt. What <laughs> I kind think of beer? What single kind of beer track whiskey like? is in the chat. I think I saw, so he can chime in on if see if he likes the Aberlauer or not. So you said you're a beer guy too. What kind of beers do you like? Uh winter time. I like Belgian ales, stuff mm -hmm. that'll like knock your head off. It's like nine percent kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I can't even remember the name of it. But uh, I, I must be, I swear I'm allergic to it or something. It's like such a delicious beer, but I can't feel my fingers after like half a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really tasty though. Very, right very on. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's like, there's this one uh, brewery um, called, well, there's this one type of beer called Ruby Tears. And I don't know if you can get it in the States. It's from a brewery in BC. And I uh, love that one. 
Um, there's another brewery. There's so many good breweries everywhere. Is now. there like a big like local brew like kind of like like Renaissance up there going in Canada as well? Like down here in the states, it's like it's all there's they're all so small time, right? Like there's yeah. big ones like Molson Canadian, right? Like, like which is garbage. Like it's just right. terrible beer, man. Don't I remember beer. though when I was like freaking eighteen, I was like, oh Molson, yeah, dude, gotta yeah. get Molson. Yeah, and you guys have another like in St. Pauli's girl is that that's Canadian beer too, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. But like, there's ones around here that are a decent size, but also like really. Moosehead, you guys had Moosehead. That was the other one. Moosehead, yeah. Is that one Canadian? It could be. I, or maybe yeah. I don't know. We're, I we're, don't even know. I know a lot of guys who drink it, but yeah. like Alley Cat Brewery here in Edmonton, like there's just. I mean, the same with everywhere now. There's so many good breweries. Yeah, I used to live in Germany when I was younger, and it was like every city that you went to, you didn't ask for like a Budweiser. You asked for like a, a Weizen, or like you didn't ask. Like it didn't matter who it was that made the beer it was like what kind of beer do you want yeah exactly you know? and you would get like the beer of that town right 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 and it's starting to be that way in the states too you know and i yep. think it's really cool man because you're like it, it's it's a different way of like approaching things you know where you're like oh i just th this is the taste that i know that i want like you yep. said earlier winter to me like when i think a winter beer i'm like man like a stout or something that's like got a lot of like coffee kind of flavor yep. or something like that Totally. So I want to take a, a little step back here because you said some stuff that that I'm like interested in. Let's talk about this music thing that you were doing. So oh. you were you were what are you like a guitar guy, bass, lead, rhythm? So drums? I yeah, well, I started off in drums. I played drums forever and then I moved into bass and um and like kind of like being like the front man. I was in a bunch of different bands and then uh like through high school and stuff. And coming out of high school. I started like a three piece band and it was like one of those, one of those types of bands where you're just trying to be as loud as possible. Right. Uh, like we only have one guitar player, but we set up a splitter so that he would have two amps, one on each side of the stage just to oh, nice. be loud. <laughs> and it was awesome. Like that was so much fun. And we did some touring with that and stuff. So it was like a one guitar and uh, just uh, guitar, bass, drums. That's it. So, yeah. So two guitars. Well, a bass just isn't a guitar. You're right. <laughs> All yeah, the bass players bass. right now are like, fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a guitarist too. And um, yeah, I just kind of always, music's always been my thing. And like, I've been in a few bands and I've been like in, in so many different types of bands. Like it's hilarious, dude. Like I've been in everything from like hardcore bands to uh, I was part of a, like a, a traveling Christian rock group. At one point I was part of um, a, a synth pop band Man, you name it. <laughs> what's, what's your favorite kind of music to play? To play doesn't matter. Truly doesn't matter. It's kind of I, like a lame thing to say, but like I just have so much fun in yeah. any situation with music. I, I agree with having so much fun, but I really love playing the blues. I just that to me, mm -hmm. I'm like, man, if like I feel like what what was that movie like the uh, the jerk. When, oh, yeah. I, when I was born a, a poor black boy in Alabama or whatever he says, I'm like, that's <laughs> how I feel when I'm playing the blues, man. I'm yeah. going to be that guy. You know, like the first time I heard Eric Clapton on, he did a, like a, a blues album. I forget what it was called. It was like in the nineties or something like that. And uh, the first time I heard it, I was like, dude, he doesn't even sound like a white dude. Like he's got this shit down, man. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I just love the blues, man. It's just, I feel like you can't listen to the blues and not like, like move your foot or like feel the emotion. And I think for me, I think that's the thing I love about music the most is like feeling the emotion, even if it's like 
if it's rap or it's like pop or it's yeah. like whatever it is, like when you can feel the emotion of what they were like putting out, like they give you that feeling. Yeah. Like everybody has like the good times in their life that they remember. And they can also remember like the music that was playing when they were doing that. Yep. Yeah. You know? It's classic. Yeah. Agreed. For sure, man. No, it's, I, I love it. And I don't listen to music enough. Well, you know, the thing is I was going to say, I don't listen to music enough, but it's just changed. I still listen to a lot of music, but I'm just like flipping through epidemic sound or like yeah. artlist.io, like trying to pick soundtracks almost. Right. So yeah. and now I'm building like visuals around that, which is pretty cool. I, I enjoy it. And sometimes I write the, the music as well. Like if I'm, I really can't find something that fits. I'll try and write something. I'm not very good at writing stuff when it's not on like a guitar, but you know, I'll be on like the little USB keyboard type thing, trying to figure out sounds and stuff. So mm -hmm. still, still get to do it. It's, it's unbelievable. Like how much impact a, that music changes a video. Like, yeah, like unbelievably different to watch it with or without the music. Yeah. And then the other thing from a YouTube perspective, all of you guys out there thinking about having a channel, you would not believe how much time it takes to actually pick a track. Oh man. Forever. I have spent like, I've probably spent 45 minutes looking for like the right, like toilet flush sound. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not even a song. Yeah. It's just like, no, that's, that's, I'm, I want the bell sound of like when you walk up to the desk and you're like, ding. I'm like, yeah. no, that's not it. No, that's not it. Like it's ridiculous how much time you can spend. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, oh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, like choosing choosing the track. It's 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 really been interesting. Like there was there was one video again with Coast Gravity Park. We keep having all these like big videos with that, but like it was one where just Beth and I were taking a ferry ride over to the island um, or Sunshine Coast, and I was looking for like one of those snappy like travel montage type songs, like do 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 do. We're on the ferry. Here we go. We're on the ferry. And then I just happened to hit this one track super super mellow it and at the moment i played it i was like whoa i'm totally re-editing it for this music and then it like as soon as i threw i didn't even re-edit anything at that point i just put the music over top of the footage and it changed from the initial feeling that i was going for of like going to sunshine coast to like tear almost rolling down my cheek yeah. as like this whole like sequence of it's like more about beth and myself and like yeah. our relationship and like it's like changed everything it's really yeah. cool how i can do that I've definitely, definitely done something similar. I don't know if the tears were involved, but like definitely, <laughs> <Almost>. de <laughs> definitely though, like, it, like you, and I've edited to a certain point with that, like one set of music and then been like looking for some other music for something else. And then all of a sudden been like, oh no, this is better. Yeah. And then go drop that back on that same sequence and then be like, oh man, this is the only thing that sucks is then you have to go back. Now you're like, re-editing your cut points yep. <laughs> because they're not lining up with this. You know, you're like, Oh my God, like this song though is so much better. Yeah, totally. It's crazy how much that like affects your experience. You know, for a long time I was really anti music because I really wanted to be like, I wanted to get away from like the, the, you know, back in the day, whenever the bike videos first came out with the shitty shaky cam, right? Yeah. Like, dun, dun, like dun, some, dun, dun. right. Like some rock song, dude, the whole way through, you know what I mean? So it was like, I wanted to get away from that. And I just wanted like people to hear the dirt and like, like, like more get into what apparently Alexa had something to say about that. <laughs> um, like just like get into like what, what it was that, you know, like 
what I was talking about. And yeah. I felt like maybe music was going to diminish that. But yeah, no. I, find, I still find music overriding. I don't, I, I don't typically do it. The only time you'll see usually music over my actual riding footage is if my gimbal's screwing up, which seems to be often, but yeah, normally for riding, it all gets cut out and then it's just the riding sound because man, like those hero fours, I know like lots of people are looking for different ways to do it, including myself, but the hero fours just sound good, man. Like you can hear that dirt and you can hear the person so well. It's just awesome. Like I love hearing trail sounds and like, especially when you're on like a flow trail, like really hard packed dirt hearing the tires over the hard pack yeah oh man or like if you're doing like a rock roll and you're like grabbing the brake or something like that and you hear that like yeah you like like you, it puts you into the, it puts you into the spot totally yeah but i have noticed though like even if you have like in some like maybe in some sequences where you have like bcpov is good at this like he'll have something really really low mm -hmm. like you know what i mean and it's like it still kind of carries that that sequence well you yeah, know? he throws in some like Western music just the right time. You know, yeah. he's often like Utah or Sedona stuff. Yeah, he's he's good at just or where it's not even like you're. It's not even like I'm gonna say this in like a YouTube editing freaking format that most people won't get. Where you're at like like 28 decibels, like it's like barely making like, but it's just there, right? Yeah, the back. You know, it like kind of gets into your head <laughs> or negative 28. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny though. I find a lot of if like from watching interviews of some of the people that you've talked to, or just like, you know, learning more about some people, a lot of us have music backgrounds. I yeah. would say most of us have music backgrounds. I like think I music and IT are probably the two biggest things that have anything to do with YouTubers. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot, a lot. Of, well, I guess you could throw in a photography too, you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Although that's, that's, I don't know if, I shouldn't say that because I probably do, but I don't think I know of any other people who were like professional like, or like people that did photography before doing YouTube. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I know that there's some channels that maybe they're not, not as big, but there's, there's definitely a handful of them out there. Yeah. It's crazy though. I mean, like what we were talking about earlier. So like whenever that BKXE thing kind of like sparked both of us, you know, at that point there was what, maybe 10 or 15 channels that, at the tops you know like like seriously like when it was like that bkxe time it was probably like seth and a few pros you know and then yeah. shortly thereafter it was like you know single track sampler and you know some other people like maybe me or you started popping up let's just say in that year maybe there was like 10 or 15 channels yeah and now I mean, and we have a Slack group that, that, you know, some of us, us chat on, I think we have like 50 or 60 channels in the Slack group. Do we? Holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, not, not everybody's active, but then, yeah, of course, but there is like hundreds of like geographically placed channels that are doing well for their area, which is so cool. And I, I love the fact like me, like thinking about what I was saying before, why I started the YouTube, one of the reasons why I started the YouTube channel um now i can i can probably look up most any trail i want and there's going to be a decent video on it or at least a part of a video that has that trail in there so that makes me excited and yeah you like get to know all these different mountain bikers everywhere like people are just telling stories like that's all they're doing right yeah like where they are and who they are and the trails they ride so i think it's just awesome no no it's definitely awesome it's definitely cool i mean like you were talking about pink bike earlier i mean they're they're they do trail forks and you can even go search the trail and trail forks and then boom there's a bunch of videos there that are pulling up for that trail 
Oh yeah, no, I know that, but they generally suck balls. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, at the very least, like if you're going somewhere, like to be like, regardless of the content, like how good the content is, yeah, it's the ability to go and see what the trail is. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, sure. like that's and what that's, I mean by that, I mean like the deck, the guy filming it in like 2006 with the helmet cam, like yeah, almost unwatchable. <laughs> Pretty much right. Yeah. So, um. I'm curious how how it was that you like brokered some of these deals like with cities to go like film. I mean, you've done a few like trips that like I believe were were funded by the city themselves, right? Uh yeah, like I've gone out to like BC Tourism is pretty good. They're called Destination BC. Um they're pretty good about like covering costs for for coming out to promote their trails. Um, which is awesome. And so I, I've always felt like I've been really good at writing a pitch email, like just writing a really solid pitch is, is I think one of my strengths. And so, yeah, I just kind of like lean on my photography, my limited photography portfolio, like having to do with mountain biking. And this was, you know, in back in like two years ago or whatever. And I would just like, yeah, write down what they would get, um, out of it. And, uh, people just kept saying yes. I mean, not all the time, but you get like the biggest thing for anybody watching, like just ask, just ask, like if there's something you really want to go and get or a place you want to go and ride. Um, if you can find the right person to ask, just do it. Like what's the worst that can happen? They'll just say no. And then you just move on with your life. But if you, if you have a really good idea, put it on paper or an email, send it off and see what happens because people, people say yes, for sure. And like when you, what, like when somebody emails me about asking about something, if they're enthusiastic about it, I'm, yeah, like you're just that much more game to like see what's going on in their life and like want to be a part of it or whatever. So yeah, just be enthusiastic and 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 send that email because it's generally pretty worth it, I've found. So what goes into a pitch email? How do, how do you lay that out? Uh, tell them who I am, what I do, and tell them the, the, the quick pitch in like a very short amount of time, like one, like, I don't know, two sentences or whatever. And uh and then lay out uh, what they would get out of it, what you need to make the content, and then sum it up. It's pretty. So, like, what you need, like, money wise, or like, what you need, like. Yeah, like basically, like, if you know, to do this, this is what I like. So, like, so let's say that Coast Gravity trip, for example, um, we wanted to specifically make kind of like a lavish sort of uh, a trip out of it and kind of show people a different way of going mountain biking. Not that we could afford it ourselves, but we wanted to kind of like create this thing of like you know you can like stay at a nice place or you can take a seaplane to go <laughs> to go to the sunshine coast to go mountain biking and so we said you know a, tr a flight to vancouver and then um getting a seaplane flight over to um what's it called sunshine coast instead of the what, ferry what's, what, what's the sunshine coast i don't know what that is sunshine coast is part of bc um like basically if you you took uh, a ferry basically from vancouver and you keep going west out into the ocean you'll run into the sunshine coast technically it's connected but just like very far away from there like you would have like to a big there. peninsula that kind of comes way out in yeah the Pacific exactly ocean. yeah so you take the ferry there and then uh it's just this beautiful place it, it generally has more mild weather than even like the vancouver area and so you can pretty much ride all year long I mean, this year they're getting snow, but I think everybody's getting snow. So, <laughs> right on. yeah. So yeah, you were talking. You just, you just put it together in in the best way that you can, and then see what they see what they say. 
So you were talking about the lady earlier. How'd you come up with her? Where'd you meet her at? How'd I come up? <laughs> um, we it was just like through mutual friends, and we hated uh -huh. each other when we first met each other. Like, could not stand each other whatsoever. <laughs> and eventually, how long did it take you to freaking convince her to from hating you, or or how long did it take until you decided that you actually started liking her instead of hating her? It was the same day for both of us, thankfully. And. It, uh, <laughs> We had like, you know, mutual friends and stuff, but we both needed to get from where we lived, which is like Stony Plain. It's kind of like a suburb of Edmonton. Edmonton's the bigger city. And we needed to get into the city and all of our other friends had left already. And so we had to ride together because we both didn't have a car. And uh, so we were forced to actually talk to each other. And through that drive, we found out that maybe they weren't quite the jerk we thought they were. And um, yeah, so then it just kind of went from there. And then like within, I, I don't know, like a couple of months, I think we were dating, like it was pretty quick. And we got yeah, married yeah. fast too. Like we, I think we were dating for a year before we got married. Like it was, it was pretty yeah. quick. I mean, not, I mean, it's not super quick. So I mean, so then you guys were together for how long yeah. did you decide to have kids? Uh, well, we- Nine months. <laughs> Almost. Almost, man. Like seriously, like Casey was born in 2000 and in June, 2008. And we were married in like July, 2007. Uh -huh. So it was pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a big change in a relationship, isn't it? Yeah. It was you crazy. Know? And like, yeah, lots of crazy changes. And like six months after he was born, I decided to start the whole photography thing. And so yeah, like Beth and I have been around each other almost 24 hours a day for like 11 years. <laughs> awesome. Because we've always worked, both of us have worked in the same business pretty much the entire time. So yeah, we'll, we always say it's like we've been married for like three times longer than other people who have been married for 10 years because we spend all day. Right, right. Day. Yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> so, I think that's key though, man. So obviously you guys, you guys like, like what you're doing together. So she was in the photography business with you as well, right? Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, look who decided to show up. Were your ears burning? <laughs> there she is. Here, we'll go. We'll do this. Beth. Beth Kelly, everybody. Hello. <laughs> How's it going, Beth? You want to pull up so, the chair? Sweet. So, Beth, Ryan was just telling us that um, when you guys first met, that you guys hated each other. <laughs> I can, yeah, that's true. Yeah. She can vouch for that. <laughs> yes, that's very true. What was it that you didn't like about Ryan? Uh, oh my! Oh well, it's kind of a long story. <laughs> oh, we got time. Oh, I was, it's I actually was not that long. I was hitting on one of her friends, and so <laughs> I was trying to date one of her friends, and then she was off in Europe at the time when I when I started hanging out with her friend group. So she was gone when I moved into the mix with her friends. And then so she, when she came back, you were like this fucking new guy. She's like, who's this fucking douchebag? Yeah, yeah and I basically. Was, yeah, and I was trying to make one of my friends. She was like, you need to piss off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And then she is like, she's just always had this like very big personality in your face kind of thing. And just like, uh, oh my. Um, and uh, yeah, she, she had some serious opinions. It's <laughs> funny because she seems very reserved in your videos. So you, you guys, you guys aren't capturing Beth very well. <laughs> yeah. It's Beth, right? That, I need to be more belligerent. Yeah. Did I say the right name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, God, I hope I didn't screw that up. I'm so bad with names. <laughs> no, <laughs> I actually like had like a moment of like, like fear at the very beginning of the video. And I was like, and this is Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I, I had the same thought too. Like, 
I know who you are and I know right. your name. But like when you, when there's a camera involved, you're like, don't get it wrong. Don't right. get it wrong. And a live stream too. It's like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like we've been, yeah, working, living and working together for over a decade now. So Beth, Ryan was saying that you guys had just had your son and he came home from his water delivery job and decided he was going to be a photographer. How, what were you thinking at that point? Um, I think I was pretty naive at that point. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah this will be great. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. quite. Well, it, it eventually did, but yeah. it took a while. I, was, I wasn't really worried at that point, though. Yeah. I was kind of like, oh, okay, sure. And we, and we went through like hilarious <laughs> phases of it, too, because like we started the business and we made like terrible decisions, just terrible decisions. But somehow within that year, we booked like 30 weddings from like no portfolio. <laughs> like, no, I shot one friend's wedding before that, just as our entire portfolio, basically. And um, so we thought we were just going to like be loaded from there on out. People were paying us like, 1500 bucks to shoot a wedding and it's like this is crazy and so we had like 30 grand for that year and we thought we were rich and like we we started like i bought like ray-bans i bought yeah. nice i got but nice you shirts Prada shoes. I, I needed a nice <laughs> pair of shoes to shoot weddings in and so I <laughs> men's Prada shoes men. and then three weeks tell, later, tell, me, tell me you got a louis vuitton wallet tell me yeah. you <laughs> and then like not three weeks but like a couple months later it totally died like everything died off and wedding season was over super season broke for like a four year. months in edmonton so. yeah right yeah so <laughs> i guys were like living high on the hog for those four months and then oh, oh yeah. man like, it, was, it was great <laughs> <laughs> it was like being a like an nfl star until you get injured and you're like oh yeah. shit but exactly <laughs> like, like we had to learn the real like really really hard way through that and like you know we were paying off like in that initial debt when we we're like let's spend money and then oh we don't have money and now we just have debt we paid that off for years and it took forever but now because of that we just like we got a budget we stick to the budget and it's good like we super savers super savers <laughs> i don't i don't know about super savers. i don't know about that either. but like it's helped <laughs> like good, since though. then but it was one of those things that i think we just needed to learn the, the hard way with you know which how it usually goes right at the beginning right at the beginning so, yeah. so like in your photography ryan i think you were doing like like some kind of like like buildings or like commercial kind of like photography right yeah, so we would do weddings and then I would do commercial photography. So that's like everything but weddings, like right. businesses basically. And so a lot of that was architectural photography, which that's I really, it, architectural. Yeah, which I really love doing actually. It's like because it was this polar opposite to shooting weddings. Weddings is like craziness all around you all day. Like you're like the clock is ticking. You have to get everything perfect every time, like super stress levels that you had right. to get used to. Whereas architecture photography, I would walk into this beautiful space and I would have like eight hours to come out with like 30 finished photos. Right. And like, you know, every movement of the camera is like super finite and like, it's just, it's a totally different way of thinking. Yeah. You can totally like dial in that like beautiful shot of yeah. the yeah. building or whatever. Yeah. So Beth, you were just being like the, the, um, the, the doing the weddings though. You were kind of focusing to that. Yeah. We would, I mean, we shoot together, but. I didn't really do the commercial work occasionally come yeah. along now, but yeah. So sure. as Ryan started doing more of the YouTube, I'm assuming that you were continuing to do the, the wedding stuff more or, or the other stuff on your own. Yeah. What? Like, la well, kind of last year was a bit of a transition as far as I was doing more of that on my own and shooting more so shooting families and stuff on my own, but then he would still shoot weddings. Yeah. So we, we always did weddings together. Like the two of us, 
And then you would do like a family portrait and you did all of the back end of the business side of it. Like you just totally yeah, took that over. And the processing. Yeah, yeah, all the processing and all that. Yeah. And, yeah. So how did you guys get to the point where you're like, hey, we should both do this channel? <laughs> that was super recent. Like basically when Paul, uh, when, when I went to Crankworks last year, um, Paul invited me out. Like they invited me out to like, hey, you should try out the machine and, and see what you think of it. And I said, okay. And so I came out and stayed with them. And then they pitched this idea of like, cause we had been talking with them over the last few months and they knew that I wanted to get into just the mountain bike side of things. Cause it's really hard to like split your mind up into like commercial photography, wedding photography, YouTube. And like, it's just too much, like uh, it's too sporadic, like every day. So they were like, well, what if, what if we took the place of your commercial work and then that way you'd, you'd create some content for us. And then, so all you would be doing would be mountain bike content. So it's kind of like help streamline things a little bit and mm -hmm. then send you on trips to film. Obviously you can film for the Lone Ranger as well, like in Madeira. And so that's when we were sort of like, okay, let's do that. That sounds good. And so. So you're doing projects for them yeah. that are specific for their product. That's kind of in a sense of like, for people that are listening, like like more commercial kind of work, but then you're also being able to do the Lone Ranger at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like when we went to Madeira, we were there for basically eight days and um, yeah. we shot like 14 videos while we were there. It was crazy, like, and a ton of photos too. Like you were doing most of the photos and it was like madness. I don't, I'm not a mountain bike videographer. Like we, we can make YouTube videos, but that's a different thing oh, to having man. like pro riders having with pro you. <laughs> and like make them look awesome and this is for like four different videos oh, and get Let's them go. in focus while they just ride mock chicken down this yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was a learning experience for sure and like yeah. it was really good so and how did that conversation go like hey babe do you want to go to madeira <laughs> that's what he said hey, yeah and then, and then we just got on the plane <laughs> yeah no it was like it was a lot of like talking about it and planning and like can we do this that kind of thing so and yeah. even learning from there like we learned that like like we've been producing a video a week for poll ever since November, uh, like late November, no, yeah. early, early December, basically every single week, in addition to the Lone Ranger stuff. And we, we have found out that that is like, that's a bit too much for us. And so yeah. we are now pulling back from producing a video a week for poll. Cause like, we just couldn't do it. Like I, like my eye was twitching and like, I wasn't getting any sleep and it was like, it was kind of, well, between, yeah, there. because we're getting out of trying to get out a long ranger video every week and then a pole video as well. Yeah. yeah. It was just too much to keep up with. Yeah. So now I actually just produced our last video from this three month sort of period that they hired us for, um, today, I just finished it. So I'm pretty pumped about that to like deliver that to them. And uh, now we're just going to be doing like more sporadic projects for them and we can focus on the Lone Ranger channel more. So, which we're really pumped about. It's like, there was the financial side of like making those videos for poll. Cause they're obviously like paying us to like make them, but yeah, it was, it's worth it for us to really focus on Lone Ranger channel and then have them as a sponsor, like more of like a, a typical sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Chip. Um, then, uh, then trying to split things up in different ways. So yeah, we kind of like took that leap of faith of like, okay, so our income's going to definitely be lower, mm -hmm. but let's just do this. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you, you were talking about like kind of going full time and, and starting your Patreon and stuff like that. It was, yeah. you guys had like, at least from what you had, you know, said to the internet, like you guys were really like, okay, well, what's our expenses? Like how can yeah. we dial this in? Cause you guys have two children now. Yep. Yep. 
So you have you have a house to pay for, you got a car to pay for too, and like that's definitely a big big leap. You know how how do you together like like decide to kind of like walk that plank together? Or is it like <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I well, think, it's it's just been like this. Like, what were you gonna I say? Think, well, I was gonna say I feel like we've always kind of walked that plank together yeah. as far as like just from that initial like him saying like, hey, I'm going to start a photography business. And then that's just kind of been our life all like the last 10 years of our life of yeah. just like, we're like always, I don't know, well, you're always, he's always ready to push the, push the boundaries and like <laughs> take it, the risks. And it's I, funny, and I, like you're saying he's the like boundary pushing risk taker. And then he's telling us that you're like the in your face loud person. It's like, <laughs> you guys are like, like alter egos on, on the Lone Ranger channel. Yeah, that's, true. <laughs> that's funny. Well, well, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, here's the, here's the thing. So everyone's always like, there's always something that, that I find that people want to do instead of what they do for their regular job. Like, I find a lot of people, they, they, when I talk to people, they're like, well, I don't do anything exciting. I just do this and I don't even like it, that kind of thing. I'd love to do this, but it's a scary thing to make that leap, which but it totally basically is. Basically, it's an art. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever it is, like start a business, that kind of thing. But for me, my entire life, I, it's like, it really all comes down to fear, I think. And I am more afraid of like going to a job I don't like and working for someone else than I am afraid of doing like putting everything I have into something and failing at that. Cause I've failed like so many times in the last like 10 years with as far as like business stuff and like audio visual, but it's <laughs> fine. And like, you just, you just keep going with it and you learn from it and things, things generally get better. So that's just what it came down to for me is that like, I really, I'm not good with working with for somebody else that has never worked out very, <laughs> very well. And uh, so I'm like, I know, I know that I can't do that. So what will I do? Yeah. yeah. What, what matches best? I feel like, I don't know, like for me, the fear is always just like, you know, can I financially make the commitments that I already have, you know, but it's never really a fear of if I try to do this other thing, will I be successful at it? It's more like, just will I be like financially be able to like make, the car payment or whatever yeah mm -hmm. you know like I and mean, maybe that's just like a complete like overly freaking confident like way of going about things like i'm like oh dude i'm gonna i don't know i mean i think part of it is like honestly yeah like you have to be like honest with yourself like you can't say hey i'm gonna be a successful photographer and take shitty pictures mm -hmm. right you know yeah. like with with youtube it was like i knew that like this could be successful because i'm I know that I'm an entertaining person, not mm -hmm. by like patting myself on the back by like what people have told me. But you know, you, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So it's like, know what you're good at. Like what you were saying earlier, like when you said that and you like backed up earlier and kind of explained what you meant. But when you first said it, it was like, I totally got what you were saying. It was like, yeah, dude, like you, you have to be honest with yourself, Like you can't lie to yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? So, um, Beth, what's it like working with him in the shooting scenario of mountain biking? <laughs> <laughs> because like he's had the Lone Rangers kind of been like his own pet project, but then to be like in, in Madeira and now you, 
you're you're probably like kind of like maybe he's like telling you to get this shot or or is he just like yeah you do whatever you want and then no, that's exactly what it's like he's like get this shot <laughs> right <laughs> but that's like but i mean we've worked together for so long that i feel like like he he does often tell me like go and get this shot or go and get this shot and i think like in a shooting situation we have very different strengths as far as like ryan's always got a very creative eye to see a lot of different things of like oh we could do this or we could do this and i feel like in that kind of situation i often am the one who's like carrying on the conversation with people and keeping them at ease and like mm. and just making sure things are i don't know like you're the one that actually holds the shoot together while, while i'm like <laughs> well, going can, like rain man just that, being like but... oh, oh no, wait no yeah. wait <laughs> yeah so in a, so i feel like like that is one of his strengths to be like, no, you should get this shot or you should get this shot. And, and I, I mean, I have my own ideas as well that I'm happy there's, to do, but yeah, I don't know. We there's should. a lot of trust there, you know, cause like he's, he's like banking on you to do what his mind is thinking. And hopefully <laughs> that you actually like know him well enough to, to like, reciprocate that you know like me and my lady we we get along great we have a lot of great times together but man when we're like working on something together it doesn't go well because <laughs> like we're both like the same type of person where i'm like i'm like barking out like hey let's do this let's do this and she's like yeah let's do this let's do this nine times out of ten we're saying the exact same thing but two different ways yeah and yeah. and and because we're both like stubborn as hell like all we do is piss each other off yeah yeah well and that's you know that can be the same thing for us a lot of times but we've because we've worked with each other for so long, we I feel like we can we understand when the other person is in their element. Yeah, for sure. And so like that, then like I would just be like, okay, I'm just gonna like do what she tells me to do because I know this is her thing, and then vice versa. So and sometimes we just go back to the car and yell at each other. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. There's, sometimes. There's, there's always that. One of our friends, Dylan, he was our our assistant for when we shot weddings for like years. And man, he would hear some stuff sitting in the back of that car. Poor guy, because <laughs> <laughs> we were just like every we'd be like putting on the the smiley face outside of the car, and we get back in, we're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I can't believe you used that that freaking lens. What yeah. the hell? Your lighting was horrible. Yeah, poor Dylan. <laughs> so, what's the uh, what's what's the uh, religious camera differences that you guys have? Like, are you like in bed with one camera and she's in bed with another one, or like what what is what is what is you you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the thing where you guys like have like that like down the middle? Like, you're like no it has to be 24 frames. And she's like, seriously, dude, 30 is way better. <laughs> no, I think like, as far as like, I'm generally, this goes, this is like camera nerd stuff, but I'm pretty partial to a 50 millimeter focal length and she likes an 85, 85 mil focal yeah. length. So basically or that 200. means, or 200, <laughs> yeah. So she likes more telephoto. So like anything, this is how it is. 50 millimeter lens is the same perspective as your eyes. Like it's not zoomed in and it's not wide angle. It's like standard. And I like that point of view. And then she likes 85 or more, which is more telephoto. So it's like more zoomed in almost, basically. All right. Now I want to hear why Beth thinks 85 is better. <laughs> it's it's not that it's better. It's just how I like. It's just what I like to shoot. And like, as soon as I feel You can pick like, out moments more. Yeah, you can. That's probably exactly why I like it better. You can pick out. I don't like when there's too much stuff going on. I like mm. to be able to like really zoom in on one thing. Yeah. So. I don't know if that speaks to my personality, but yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. 
And yeah, but, and it, it also worked well because like, if, if, well, if we had the same lens on and we were shooting together, we'd wind up like bumping into each other because we were trying yeah, to get like sure. the same shot. And if you have the same focal length, you'll wind up the same distance from the subject. So then you'll just like hit into each other. Whereas she, yeah. she's got a longer focal length, she'll be back there mm -hmm. and I'll be a little bit more forward or vice versa if we're getting different shots. So then we just stay out of each other's way. Yeah. I also <laughs> I like that it always challenges me because like typically if he's shooting up close, he's up closer and I'm further back, then it challenges me to move to different spots to like crop him out of the frame and different just like angles. look for different angles. Yeah, totally. So camera nerds. <laughs> so, so separately, each either one of you can go first if you were doing another if you had to choose another job other than what you're doing right now what would it be jeez mm. i don't know i'm like jeopardy music or something like yeah <laughs> i feel like for a lot of people maybe there'd be like a quick answer to it but like yeah i honestly like it doesn't really this is here's my answer it doesn't really matter to me as long as i'm doing similar brain work that I am right now, Something if that creative. makes any sense. Like, yeah, just being creative and doing something that, like actually really interests me. So that could be something in music, um, potentially, I don't know. I don't know, I just, I can't imagine working for anyone else. That's like the biggest yeah. thing. I love working for ourselves, even though we've had a lot of instability and you were talking like financially over the years, mm. just because of running our own business. I just can't imagine like working regular hours. Anytime I'm in rush hour, I'm like, wait, people do this? Yeah, <laughs> rush hour. <laughs> how, so do people... you, how, how do you plan for like the, the retirement side of it then? Uh, we're just planning on just wing like, yeah. yeah, we're just gonna wing that one. <laughs> just wing this shit out of it. Uh, yeah. I love you guys. You guys are speaking to everything that is part of me. Like I'm totally a wing it kind of guy. Yeah. And my lady's like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, what do you mean? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like even like with what we're planning on doing, like we've been planning to move to Canmore for a long time, and we're still planning on doing that. But like, and Canmore is just right on the border in between BC and Alberta. It's still in Alberta, but just barely. It's as far out of Alberta as you can get with still being inside of Alberta. Um, but uh, it's way more expensive to live there. And we're we're still planning on moving there sometime this year. Like that's that's the ongoing plan. But we our budget, like the amount we spend every month is gonna go up by like 1500 bucks. And like, <laughs> that's a lot. So, <laughs> but we're, we're gonna do it. And we're just gonna hope that something, we're not hope, but like work towards things meeting, meeting that. Meeting those goals. Those goals, right? Yeah. And so, that comes down to like, yeah, working with sponsors or like mostly our Patreon subscribers. Like they're like a huge support for us. It's kind of a funny thing to say, but over 10 years, we've never had more consistent income stream before ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're like running a YouTube channel, which sounds hilarious. No, no, I feel you on the Patreon thing, dude. Honestly, if it wasn't for Patreon, I probably wouldn't be able to consistently do the, the channel the way that I do. Yeah. I, well, like it just, it helps everything move smoothly. Like these lights, like yeah. they, they help like buy those like it just helps you do things better faster and higher quality and then also just like pays the rent and like buys groceries like it's incredible. all these things are so expensive that like kind of play into it when i first started my channel i was like all i need is a gopro and a gimbal and i'm good and it's like you <laughs> yeah. don't realize how much like i mean i got lights too i don't have a like fancy way to show everybody right now but <laughs> i mean like it's the same thing where it was like wow i mean i didn't really think about that like that cost, you know, and, and since I started doing the biker bar more than my POV stuff to my Patreon has been taking a dive because, you know, some people are, are 
are into Patreon for the POV and the, the extra con- content that was coming from that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's definitely, it, it's, it's tough because it's like on one hand, you like, you want to do creatively like what you know you're good at or like what you can do because of life. You know, yeah. like I have a, a full-time job still. So it's like, this is what I got, you know, but on the other hand, the, the people, every time that uh, somebody signs up for my um, happy hour crew, which is like the five bucks a month that you, you get sticker pack and stuff. It's like, I write everybody a letter on that one. And, and I'm always telling them like, honestly, this channel wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for you. And I feel like it's so like, uh, like, uh, like, 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 I can't think of the word right now where it's like, like, that's cliche. like what like, people, ex- yeah, cliche. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Where it's like, but I mean, I really mean that. Like, yep. you, like, if yeah, it wasn't for that, like, I wouldn't have the money to drive to Sedona next week and back and pay for a hotel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? Mountain biking's kind of expensive, man. Yeah. <laughs> and keeping yeah. content going for sure. Or even like, you know, like what I've told other people in the past too, where it's like, you know, when you're just a regular, like when you're a regular guy, just mountain biking, right? Let's just say you um, screw up your your rim or something like that and you need to go take it to the shop and get it fixed. And they're like, oh, it's going to be two weeks. You're like, okay, cool. I'm going to go do something else next weekend. Yeah. But when you're a content creator, you're like, oh, fuck, dude. Nope. Well, I guess I need to rent a bike and <laughs> I need to like, oh, maybe I should go drive to the, do that other thing down at that bike park where I know I can rent a bike. Like there's like gas and then there's renting the lift, the lift ticket or the rental bike and all those things come in. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So those of you guys listening, if you're not part of my Patreon or part of their Patreon, like consider it. And everybody has different like like um, tiers, right? You guys have probably have like a low low level tier, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. three bucks. Three bucks. So I mean, you get a thousand people at three bucks. That's that's a fucking shitload of money, you know. Let's pay the bills, definitely for sure. Yeah, and like that was the thing, and and even on the Patreon side of stuff, just like try and figure out ways that can have like really good value for them. Like what you were saying, um, you know, lots of people want like extended cuts and that kind of stuff, but I have a hard, I've always had a really hard time with extended cuts because I want the finished product to just be it like that. I don't want to put out stuff that's not as good for people. So I've always, always struggled with that a little bit. Like sometimes it's good to show a trail start to finish. Like that makes sense. Like some awesome BC trail that's like 17 minutes long. I obviously am not going to show just that on YouTube. So, you know, that's cool. But yeah, there's a lot of times, especially when we're doing like more produced videos, like I did a winter shred machine video a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it's not like you can do an extended cut of that. It's like a totally like edited up video with music yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. but yes, yeah. like, you got to just spend all your falls. <laughs> but like, when you know what I was saying? We have that online beginner photography class. Um, nobody ever bought it, but because nobody ever found it basically. So I actually took that off well, off of that website, I got rid of that website where I sold it. And now that's just for patrons. So it's like, that's one of the things for our patrons is like, here's the online beginner class. I'm just going to give it to you <laughs> and enjoy yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's just finding things that that people find valuable or hopefully find valuable anyways. Yeah. You know, I, I totally understand what you're saying too about the long cut. Like for me, what it was when I started Patreon, it was like, how can I do this? And like, not up the amount of time that I need to do like, like, how can I do this, provide something to them, but not like dramatically change the amount of time that, that, that takes out of my life. 
Yeah. So like people don't realize like I I I had talked to, and and tell me if you think this is this is a is wrong, but like when I talked to regular guy mountain biking whenever I first started, um, he had said to me, yeah, it's about three times as much time that you took riding is how long it takes to edit. So it's oh, like, if it's a three hour ride, then it's like, you know, like nine hours of editing. Yeah. And, and that's a pretty damn good freaking explanation of it, you know? So whenever I started my Patreon, I was like, you know what? Like I always go through my video and just kind of do like a quick, like clip clip. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. I remember saying something funny there. I remember this is kind of cool. And then I would always end up with this like 30 to 45 minute se section of video that would then turn into 15 minutes later. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like, well, here is something that I'm doing and artistically it's really hard just to say like, here it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? Like, but I would just be like, you know what? I can just put that out. And it's unbelievable how many people like, they really enjoy that. Yeah. They, they really enjoy that. And like, it blows me away that they even watch it. That's there's, that's one thing that I've learned over the last two years is that you can never, ever predict what somebody wants to watch or not watch or what will take off and what won't like the videos that we put probably the most work into they are like right down uh, near the bottom with as far as like how many views they get whereas like i'll literally just turn the gopro on and just go doo -doo 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 down the trail and like the biggest video on the channel yeah and all i did was literally turn a gopro on finish ride a trail and then turn it off again like you can't yeah. predict it <laughs> for, for me almost every video that i am like vehemently thinking is going to fail ridiculously is usually the one that does really well yeah <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense at all no you should have got that yeti man every video you had would have been a hundred thousand plus <laughs> <laughs> yeah tell me about it right that's the key to success right there <laughs> so what do you guys have like what do you guys think that you what would define success in five years for you guys i'm just gonna say this first uh everybody watching or listening robert is really really good at this i was gonna say it like i was just like like do you, that's because, what i was thinking I'm like he's really good at just like carrying a conversation and asking questions yeah like yeah. before this started i sent him a message i'm like do you have like <laughs> like a list of like questions that you ask everybody like should i see these beforehand or anything he's like no no i'm just gonna ask some questions. i don't even really have a plan I'm like oh because <laughs> i've watched a, a few of these now and robert you always seem like you have a plan and like you have these okay now we finish that and i'll ask this question like it's all so well done here i'll show you i'll show you what i got right here this is a list of questions or of things that i wrote down to remember and what they are really is just like remember what i'm supposed to say in the intro yeah. And remember what I'm supposed to say in the outro. <laughs> and other than that, there's no like questions. Like it's remember to tell people about Sedona. Yeah. Remember to tell people that it's on every Sunday. Like the question part, I, I where that blank space in the middle. All <laughs> that blank space is for this is what I, I left that blank space because I always tell people, oh, I'm gonna put this in the show more whenever you mention this website. And then I always forget. So the blank right. space is for putting the links down that I'm supposed to put in show more later. Uh. Yeah. But as, honestly, like to me, like I'm just an inquisitive person. Yeah. And, and for me, it's just like, I'm, I'm just asking the questions that I would, I, I just want to know. Like, honestly, none of these people on the internet fucking matter. I'm just talking to you guys <laughs> about things that are interesting to me. Yeah. 
yeah. hopefully they like it too. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think it's kind of like goes to what I think, like you asked like what our version of success was, is that what you asked? In, yeah, in yeah. Five years. In five years. It, yeah, he said in five years, five um, years successful. I yeah, I mean, like, we'll probably be doing what we're doing right now. Like, I, I feel like yeah, that would be success. If that we would were, be success. If we were just doing, if we were just doing this. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like, it's been a super long road to get here. Yeah. And it's like so much work, so much work, but it's work that I really love doing. And I and like to to like see the comments and like talking with people and, and especially with this contest we just ran, like there's all these people that did videos for like a contest entry. And it was so cool to see like, there's actual human beings that actually watch these videos. Like you see the little <laughs> view count number, see the numbers. but those are actual people out there. Yeah. Like it's just such a really, it's a really cool thing to be a part of. I've done some stuff like that, dude. And it's really hard to freaking like pick someone. How, how did you guys pick somebody for that? <laughs> okay, so we had 120 some entries. And then her and I, we went through and just favorited because we we wanted to show like kind of the top ones on the live stream yesterday, and so we sort of like bookmarked our favorites. It ended up being like twenty some, something like that. And then we played through them all, and then we realized we had no good way of actually like picking someone at the very end of it all. Yeah, because we kind of had a couple top yeah. ones. So like going through and watching them again, we're like, okay. We think it's down to this four and then we talked about it like yeah. awkwardly on the live stream <laughs> we were like not telling people who which ones we were pointing at like i think like, maybe this one or this one yeah <laughs> and then it came down to two and then we literally did rock paper scissors to decide who would win this bike frame so that's, and then that's i felt like so to. bad that it came down to rock paper scissors oh it's awful <laughs> but we could does like but how I are won, we supposed to choose? so it was great so yeah, she won. who cares <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, this is one thing I learned in, in my relationship. The woman is always right. <laughs> well, <laughs> it came down to two and we were both totally cool with either one of them winning. Yeah, so we, we were, just picked, we both kind of agreed. I picked this one, she picked that one, and then we just, you know, did rock, paper, yeah. scissors. And so a guy named David from Alberta actually um won it. And so yeah. that's pretty sweet. I'm gonna go ride with him once he gets the bike all together. So I'm calling conspiracy fucking Canadian. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that seems a little, but he's from a town I had never heard of. I'd Chester, never met him before. Not Chesterfield. You kept saying Chesterfield. <laughs> Chester Mir. Chester I never heard of him before. That's weird. I'm going to do some background checking on this shit, dude. Yeah, I think all Canadians know each other, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, there's like plenty of us. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah honestly, man, success five years from now is just this. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's it. Yeah. We're good. So like, does this channel like, is this channel about travel? Is this channel about your family? Yeah. Is this channel about like bringing people up to another level in mountain biking? Well, it's about all those things, but it's, it's really that underlying layer. And I hope it comes through and I'd love to have it come through more of the fact of like, you can do the things that you want to do in life and you don't have to, you don't have to be pressured into, into jobs that you don't want to do. I mean, like, you know, the, all sorts of types of jobs need to be done, but you you can make whatever you want to have happen happen. And so I love mm -hmm. to just keep building that into the channel um, and have that kind of being like the underlying theme to it all. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's really this is just like what it really comes down to is this is just an outlet for me to like play around with cameras and music. Mm -hmm. That's ride really and ride bikes. bikes, yeah. So we just, I like, we just combine the things that we like, <laughs> and then that, then we just called it the Lone Ranger. 
there isn't really much more to it than that, to be perfectly I mean, honest. Yeah, like you started the channel because you were like, maybe I can get enough YouTube views to like pay for some of my trips. Yeah, and then we realized that like that basically didn't work. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I think one of the things that I said with my channel when I first started was like, if I can make enough money to pay for one part that I was going to buy anyway, that's a success. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and like I, I, you know, for me to go and do anything, especially because like our income was always so like sporadic with like mm -hmm. photography. It's very seasonal. And so I would know any dollar I would spend is kind of taking out of that like next month's income. So I had to be careful Potent yeah, because it might not months. be there. Yeah. And so I would go I, I, like, I'm a car camping maniac just because that's the cheapest way of doing it. So I would like drive out into BC five or six hour drive, stay overnight there in the car in, a, in the car i was gonna say the first video of yours that i watched somebody was like dude there's this guy fucking lone ranger he's like up in bc just like he's killing it right now go check out his channel and i was like oh, okay I'll, I'll look at it and it was literally that like you drove somewhere you did a video about like how you slept in the back of your suv yeah. and that was like part of the video and i was like dude now i can dig this dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was just like trying to spend as little money as possible which is still what we do like yeah just just no i saw you in madeira you're not spending as little as possible what's that oh <laughs> i said i saw you in madeira dude yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you guys were living living on land there dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that place was sick man i didn't even know that place existed which place madeira when you guys were there like you guys had like a sweet ass little hotel kind of room i mean obviously like that was that was funded but i mean that was really cool Madeira was such an interesting place and the entire island yeah. is literally like this steep like just it, like, walking 20, back 20 25 kilometers across you guys were like going through those tunnels and shit dude i would have freaked yeah. the fuck out man it's pretty <laughs> weird especially being the last guy in the line like there were the two like racers up ahead of us and then beth and then me so it was just like black because i don't even think you had like lights like you weren't like going for a night ride i think you oh, were wow. using like your iphone to get yeah. through there yeah and ridiculous stuff, like, my backpack, I had the big, big camera backpack because I was in full on squid mode. Like there was not even so much riding. It was mostly just like videography, but a big backpack and a tripod on the back. And it was like, I was hunched over going through the tunnel because it was so tiny. And the tripod kept catching and wanting to toss me into the river that was right beside me, like a stream canal, this <laughs> raging river that was beside right. me talk. So you guys, you guys have kids. So do you guys have like a good family support system there? They're in the city that you live in. Yeah, we couldn't do yeah. it without. So how are you going to do that if you guys decide to move west? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Wing it. We're well, still that, working on that one. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why we're we're moving to Canmore because it's about four hours away from like the rest of our family because everyone's pretty central around us here in Edmonton. Um, and like my mom, she retired, and so she's pretty cool about like. You know, I hope she's pretty cool about driving down and hanging out with the kids and stuff. But a big reason why we're moving there is so that we don't have to travel as much. Like we just want to be somewhere where we can just go outside and make the videos in an awesome location, like in the mountains. So the one of the big ideas with it is actually not traveling as much. So that should help. So you've started a channel similar to um, Seth Bike Hacks. You're in a spot that's not a mountain biking kind of mecca. So yeah. there is also being in Canada and all you guys have a big off season. How, how do you, I mean, you still release a video a week, right? Yeah. So, so how are you doing that whenever there's like 
freaking feet of snow outside or whatever's going on up there. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to um, traveling, traveling once. and shooting as much as we can on one trip and then coming home and just getting out those videos. Yeah. So unfortunately for us, it's not as much riding as no. we would like. I barely ride in the wintertime. Like I ride on average, like every six to eight, like I'll ride once, like every six weeks sometimes. Oh, wow. That's crazy, dude. I, I don't know about you, but I have like, I call riding like single track therapy. Yeah. Because if I don't have that, I start going a little like wonky. <laughs> It doesn't show by my my like my physique, but <laughs> um, it it really is a part of me. Like, how do yeah. you how what do you guys do to like kind of keep yourself centered whenever you're not being able to have that outlet? Um, I don't sometimes keep myself centered, <laughs> but like that's what fat bikes are for. Like fat bikes allow you to get out there and ride on the snow and on the ice and all that kind of stuff. But um, we just came out of like two weeks of oh. super cold weather where we couldn't fat bike at all. Yeah, like so. all you guys down there, like, oh, the polar vortex, it's like slightly chilly. It was minus 40 every day for two weeks straight. We just came out of it like two or three days ago. <laughs> but before that, like you walk out of the house, you have like a minute or two before you're in trouble if you're not dressed right. You'll, yeah. you'll just die. <laughs> <laughs> so there was no fat biking no fat but, biking uh yeah just hit the gym <laughs> she hit the gym i yeah i don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. so one of the things that's kind of interesting about you guys correct me if i'm wrong but your honeymoon you guys went mountain biking yeah we yes. went to whistler yeah i convinced her to go to whistler for our honeymoon <laughs> how awesome is that so yeah. beth you were like uh let's go somewhere tropical and he was like hey whistler or <laughs> i think wasn't Whistler actually my idea though? You could have brought it up because we got we got married, we got on, married Vancouver on Vancouver Island. Island, and so then I'm pretty sure it was my idea because I wanted to go to Whistler. Like I hadn't been there before. Yeah. I just didn't like anticipate the mountain biking. Part. Is Vancouver Island huge? Because I swear that show that I watch on freaking like History Channel is like alone. I think is like filmed on Vancouver Island. That place looks rough. It's it's a really amazing. It's a beautiful beautiful place. Um, yeah, it's bit, and I'll, I'll do, I'll see if I can do this backwards again, but here's Vancouver Island and then Van, and then there's like water, you know, being an Island and then there's Vancouver and then Whistler is just like up from Vancouver. Yeah. And so we got married on the Island, went across and then up to Whistler for like seven days or something like that. In a week. And yeah, so we, we got bikes and, um, I ended up like bleeding in the tub for like half the time just from crashing on a line. Cause, like, <laughs> and so she was mostly just like, yeah, repairing gashes in my leg for like <laughs> half, of our, half of our honeymoon but yeah yeah it was good good times i i prepared by like we did some biking here but yeah. nothing like what whistler was i think i cried twice yeah going <laughs> i think i cry on every ride i'm just yeah. it's usually on the climbs I, I cry less when we're doing like shuttles but yeah mm -hmm. yeah so, so how about both of you guys what's your favorite trail whether it's local, not like, doesn't have to be epic, doesn't have to be anything. It just has to be like the one that just like that ride that just sticks out in your mind. You're like, that was the day. For me, I would say the one that popped into my head the fastest was I was riding with Paul from Paul the Punter. And uh, we were in a place called Rosalind. And I'd never heard of Rosalind before ever. It's like very Southern Alberta. Um, I think Washington would be below it potentially maybe even like there's a little bit of Idaho that connects, I think, I, I don't know. It's somewhere around that really Southern Alberta, I wasn't really there, Southern so BC. I mean, sorry. <laughs> and, um, 
So I had zero expectations, and that was probably a big problem. Like when you really don't expect anything out of what you're about to ride and something awesome happens, then it's just so much better, right? So we ended up hitting a trail called Whiskey on the Rocks that led into Whiskey and then led into some other trail. And it was like such good riding. Like it was just the right amount of like difficult, you know, like some, like I don't mind difficulty on my rides at all. But mm-hmm. when, when it gets too difficult, it's more just like fearing for your life than anything else. And then sometimes it's yeah. too easy. This one was like so perfect as far as like, this is challenging, but I got this. And like, you were just flying through it and there was like rock drops and like all kinds of fun stuff and fast, fast sections. It was so good. So yeah, whiskey on the rocks in Rosalind, probably, probably my current favorite. And Beth? Um, uh, my, one of my favorite places to ride is Coast Gravity Park. And I mm. just like love, like, I don't know if I have a specific favorite trail. I really, what is it called? Red Dragon? Is that the one I really Red Dragon, like? yeah. But. Hand um, job. <laughs> Everybody likes hand job. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's like, yeah. I mean, I don't, it's just like one of, one of the, those places where you can go and ride and it doesn't feel like, it, well, when we were there, cause it was spring, it wasn't like crowded. So you could just like, you felt like you had the place to yourself a lot of the time. Yeah. which I love, which is a big deal in bike parks. Like you got all the bike park bros, Yeah, nothing wrong with the bike park bros. But like when you're just like going down a blue trail and someone's like flying up beside you or up to the back and like, you're just trying to like take it easy or whatever. Like that's pretty, that's pretty much my life. It's pretty <laughs> freaky. Whereas coast gravity park, it's all shuttles, like paid shuttles. Like it's, they just run it like as you would a lift, but you go up with everybody, you know, in, in one big cart and then everybody gets out and then everybody goes down at the same time. So you could just wait 15 seconds and then you're basically have the whole mountain to yourself. No one's going to be behind you until the next shuttle thing comes up. So it's really, it's pretty sweet. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. I also really now I'm like, really want to go try this trail that we did last year called hopeful, Mm. which is panorama. That's that's up there. Um, That was, it was like the top end of my skill level last Mm. year. You killed it but it was also like it was really good it really pushed me so and i feel like i'm like i want to go try that one again yeah that one's like a super epic trail like it's very very long trail um to climb up there is like three hours three and a half hours of climbing i think um and then the way down i don't even remember how long it is but it's a long you go all the way up from the alpine of like scree slope all the way down into the panorama bike park at the bottom so it's sort of like top of the world in whistler it's very Mm -hmm. similar to that kind of length like epic trail for sure yeah so beth what what kind of trail like what kind of trail is your favorite kind of trail like is it technical is it fast is it flowy uh i don't know i feel like i like a mix of things but i really like flowy stuff like when i think of like some of my favorite riding it's often like more flowy Mm. kind of like yeah some of the stuff at silver star bike park like that kind of i like downhill i don't like anything i have to climb yeah, she doesn't like climbing very much yeah. I, the biggest funny enough neither do i yeah. <laughs> if, so i pretty much just want to go down at all times but i like a little bit of technical stuff mm. but i find that i'm the kind of, i get tired of it right like if you're just doing an entire trail that just feels technical and like i don't want to keep doing technical like i need a break from this it's kind of relentless yeah yeah but, how about you ryan you like like you like I mean, you're pretty good at jumps and stuff like that too. What's your, what's your forte? Uh, yeah. Something that has everything. That's what, that's what I really like about some of the bigger parks. Um, 
well, and that Roslyn trail, um, you, you end up from the top to the bottom, you, it's like choose your own adventure. So you can start on tech, go to a flow trail, go on to like something in between the two almost. Right. Um, and then just kind of pick what you want all the way down. So that's what I really like. Um, but as far as like, if I were to pick one thing that I love the most is like absolute pinning it straight line speed, yeah. like tucking. And like, I'm not talking like on a road, I mean like on yeah, a yeah. trail <laughs> what? and you know, with corners and stuff, but the kind of corners that are built for speed, like not hairpins, but the ones where you have to press into it hard and you keep that speed up and you shoot out of it. And uh, yeah. So like when you rode Santa Cruz, when you rode what rode the flow trail, was that like what you're talking about? I would say that's more manicured than what I'm talking about. I'm talking like natural. So that. like when you did Braille, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. like the Braille kind of thing where you're like absolutely hauling through the forest, but it's still very natural. Yeah. 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 For, for me, my, and I asked you trail and, and, and I think I'm going to like segue into like favorite ride. Like for me, like my favorite rides, like oh, trail wise, my favorite trail wise is, is like, I just like technical shit. I just like, I just, I love looking at something that just looks unrideable and then like, holy shit, I did that, you know, and hopefully on the first try, but like, you know, like even if you have to like session some things and like having, and now I'm, I'm segueing into like favorite ride. Like for me is like going out and just like bullshitting with your friends and not having an agenda and just like sessioning things like those are the rides that are the most fun to me i think last year my favorite ride was with dusty betty and her husband um steve yeah and uh, we rode downeyville and it was like there were sections of the trail that we had to hike through because it was still under the snow there were sections of the trails where like like i was like oh i'm gonna do this technical section and steve was like i'm not doing that and then after he watched me try it he's like okay i'm gonna do it and like we just had fun with it all day long and those are the rides that are like they just stand out so what's a ride to you guys that just stands out like aside from maybe it could have been the most lame trail ever but like the ride that stands out oh man that's tough yeah, but that's I can say that that's one thing I want to do a lot more of this year is actually sessioning things. I feel like especially with the YouTube channel, you always feel like you have to go, go, go and just like ride the trail, start to finish, like go and do it. But yeah, definitely stopping and working on because that's how you build your skills. It's not just like fumbling through it and never doing it again. Like you're never going to build your skills like that. <laughs> it's yeah, like, but outside of that, to me, it's like I always this is one of the things I say all the time, dude, I ride bikes to like let go of stress. Yeah, build it, you know? And so like when you're going out and you're just having fun, yeah, like that's, that's what this is really about. You know totally. what I mean? It's not about like capturing like the big gap jump or the awesome technical place or whatever. Like, it's really just about like going out and having a good time. Yep. Yeah. And for like every single time I have stopped and it's always like, if you're by yourself, that's one thing, but like for your other people, like with other people sessioning stuff, that's the most, that's some of the most fun you can have on, on a bike ride for sure. Like everybody's trying it. Um, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how good or bad you are at whatever it is. If you're trying it, people are like, yes, that was awesome. You know? <laughs> so yeah, I definitely want to do a lot more of that, but it's so still didn't answer favorite ride. What was your favorite ride? I don't <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I can answer that. I don't know. I'll tell you, I'll give you guys a second to think about it. Last year for me, my favorite ride was, 
um, definitely that Downeyville ride. Just unbelievable time. I mean, it, it, everything that should have been like made a good ride didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like we we almost got stuck in the snow getting up to the top. We had to like push the van through, like like get the like tracks out so that we could get through it. Like we we had to find the trail because it was under the snow. It started raining. Like everything went wrong in, in terms of like what would make it a great day. But yeah. that was a great day. Nice. Um, I don't know. I I would think. I think one of the best days was uh, when I went to Peru with Sacred Rides in March of last year. Was it March? March. I don't know. Something like that. Um, maybe February. And uh, I'd gotten really sick halfway through on like the Wednesday, basically, sort of midway through the trip. And it like took me down pretty hard. And when I came back from that, I was feeling so good. And that day's ride was incredible. I mean, every single day was like nuts. But this one, I was just like feeling awesome. And like, I was trying all sorts of stuff. Like, cause there's no actual mountain bike trails there. You really got to find your own lines and ways of doing things. And it was one of those days where like, like something was clicked on in my head where I was just trying all kinds of just like jumping off of everything I could find. And like, you were in the zone. I was in the zone. Yeah. And, yeah, like, yeah. Start to finish. and especially coming off of being sick where you're like, oh, I'm missing out on this trip. And like, this sucks to that. It was like, yeah, that contrast was totally a part of it. So I'll, I'll say that one. That was a good ride. Beth? <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember what the trail is called, but we were riding it near Panorama. It was when we were out there with your mom and the kids. And it mm. was like the one evening. And oh, just we me were and like you? in Invermere. And yeah, it was just the two of us. And we had had like most of the trip, we, we were doing this like trip with the kids and Ryan's mom and like, it, there was just like a lot of family stuff that, <laughs> because the kids are there and yeah. it was just like mentally exhausting in that way. Yeah. And then we just like went out and rode in this, this one trail and it ended up like being like this, the most beautiful views and like sunset and just like beautiful flow and a little bit of technical stuff. And mm -hmm. it was just like this really nice mix and Clusifier. That's Clusifier. what the trail, that's what yeah. the trail is called. Anyways. I just like came out. I just wanted to keep lapping that trail over and over again. Like, I was I just, freaking exhausted from that trail. So, it was, it, but it, it was, was good. <laughs> no, well, I couldn't have actually done it, obviously, but yeah. that's, but yeah. That but was, in your mind, yeah, no. I, in I my mind, that. I kind of kept doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing that sucks about like traveling to places. Like you're riding blind, you know, and it's like there's been some places where I've ridden like that where it's like, God. I wish I just lived here so I could ride this like 27 more times. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like when I did South Mountain, I hate climbing. I'm not a climbing person. Obviously, you guys aren't either. You said it earlier. <laughs> but like I hate it. But like the whole time that I was climbing that climb, I was like, God, I wish I lived here because there's so many spots where it's like, like, like champion spots. Yep. Where you're like, dude, if I did this again and I made that spot, that would make me happy. Yep. And if I made that spot, that would make me happy. And then the downhill was awesome. And like the views were great. You've ridden South Mountain, haven't you, Ryan? Yeah. We were there pretty close at the same time. I think you were there like a month after me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dude, just yeah. just a great time, man. I just really, really enjoyed that place. Yeah, that was a that was a really cool place to ride for sure. And like that's one of the I don't want to say that was one of the few places where I where you can truly enjoy like climbing stuff. But yeah, they're all like, it's just like you're pedaling up a sandy bit and then you have your next obstacle. It's not just like climbing up to the get to the top. 
Yeah. It's not a grinder. It's like, it's a grinder with like technical spots. Yeah, exactly. There's moves you got to make. In order yeah. Yeah. So yeah. fun. So you did a ride. I don't remember where you were. You, you'll probably remember this better than me, but I remember seeing like a thumbnail or a, a excerpt of a video where there was like this huge drop. I have a, a big problem with heights. How did you deal with that? Oh yeah. I, it's a weird thing. Like I see, I see people on video on my phone, on my little phone screen. Like I'm watching like our, our friend, like Eric doing, um, uh, what's that really steep one in Utah. Oh yeah. The white line. No different one. Anyway, oh, different one. Okay. Never yeah. mind. I thought you were talking Portal, about Portal trail. I can't handle it. I, cause I, I, I know like how, how crazy it is on the side and like my, my heart's in my throat. But then when I'm actually there, it's less so I still get freaked out for sure. I can, but it's less than me watching it after the fact, which is weird. But yeah, yeah in like there was one, uh, one part in Peru when it was like major exposure. And I think that's where I was thinking the Peru one. Yeah. And you, you had like a, like a little canal or something next to you or something like canal on one side. Yeah. And, and then just, just a couple hundred feet that way. Yeah. And yeah. Shit show on one side canal on the other. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this wide to actually, pedal on and then at one point so those of you guys that are listening when he said this wide it was about maybe about oh, a foot and a half that he was yeah, showing good call on that um but it eventually just kind of like went into a bit of a hump like that and or just kind of like it ended up being about an inch or two that you actually had to ride on and it also happened to be in that same moment where the exposure was the worst and so just as i was coming up over that my brain was like nope this is too much and then my <laughs> hand started my, my arms just started shaking back and forth. It was uncontrollable. And it only happened for like, in my mind, it, it was like an eternity. On video, I'm like, oh, that was just a quick little bobble of my hands. But in my head, I'm like, I'm dying. I'm going over. This is it. <laughs> yeah, that was, I definitely reached my limit for that. Right? It's crazy how your mind does that, dude. Like, it's just, But then the I, did a, is I did a spot in Sedona last year. Like, honestly, it's not, like for most people they'd be fine but for me because i had this fear of heights and stuff like for me it was like it took me like three hours to get across this like 15 seconds you know what i mean it was like when i went to go back and edit it i'm like you pussy yeah. it's like 95 feet wide and you only had to go like 10 feet like why are you like yeah. i i honestly i i i literally considered crawling <laughs> like that's how scared I was. What trail were you on? Highline or something? No, I'm not even going to tell you because it was not even close to Highline, dude. Oh, like, like, like Highline probably is like, like, like five percent, like of as. How do I say this? <laughs> if, if what I was on was like a hundred feet wide, Highline is like five feet wide, okay. but I was on the hundred feet wide section and I was going, Oh my God, I was losing my shit, man. But, um, <laughs> that's fair. But then the funny thing is when, and I, I think about this all the time because I've never been good on like the skinnies, like at all, like staying balanced on those, any sort of a skinny really. Um, uh, but then you think like, as you're riding down the trail, mm -hmm. the trails can be so narrow, but if it's just like dirt and then more dirt, we're flying down that trail right. and stay right on that damn yeah. line. Yeah. We're right on that line. But yeah, you no. to wood and you're like, oh, I can't. Well, that's I can't. What, that was like me and Madeira. We were like yeah. riding these really, those really narrow things with the canals beside us. And I was just fine. Like totally yeah. fine. Because it was cement, but not wood. Because it was wood. cement. But if it was wood, I would have been like walking the whole way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally know that feeling. There's a ride up here. 
uh it's 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 eluding me it doesn't actually matter what trail it was but it it, it like has a, a drop on one side and because of that drop i remember like hugging the inside of the trail so much that i kept hitting my 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 left shoulder was on the inside of the trail kept hitting my shoulder oh, on yeah. like the wall that was Which there dangerous you clip that side and then you go off right way right <laughs> right but if if that drop wasn't there like if it if it was just let's just say a wall on that side or yeah. flat from that side. Like yeah. I would go through that same section at Mach nine yeah. and not even think about it, you know? And, and it's just like, all I do is just get in my head. And then I start like thinking about how I'm going to make this mistake or whatever. And really it's because I'm doing that is what makes me make mistakes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's yeah, where totally. it all comes from. Yeah. And yeah. like the thing that I have been trying that I, that I keep having run through my head over and over and over again is how amazing it is how if you're just looking 10 to 15 feet up the trail, but if you keep your eyes on the trail, just like 10 to 15 feet in front of you, your body and your mind and your eyes have like soaked in that trail information 15 to 20 feet before, and your body will do the rest. Right. Like it'll just, it'll follow that line without you having to look right in front of you. And like looking right in front of you, that's when you get in trouble and like start freaking out when it comes to these steep drop-offs, right? So I'm always like, okay, just look further ahead. And my body will just take care of the rest. Just look, look ahead. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, it's funny. It, it's just, it's funny how the brain works like that, man. Yep. Screws us over, man. <laughs> totally, totally, totally does. Yeah. Hey dude. So we, we've actually just burned right through two hours. Every time that I tell people that the show is going to be two hours, they're like, man, that's a long time. And it, it <laughs> goes by so quickly. I really I drank a whole bottle of scotch. Like, geez. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I really appreciate both of you guys like sitting down, taking the time to hang out. Like I was, I was really anticipating like having this conversation because we don't know each other. You and I haven't really chatted. So it's been a lot of fun. And I also got to, to meet the lady too. That's super cool. <laughs> yeah, no, man. Thanks for having us on. I was like really looking forward to this leading up mm -hmm. to it. Um, yeah, you do a great thing here on like, make, like keep doing this. This is great. Yeah, like really, really good at this. Like, you are really good at yeah. this. <laughs> so, and I well, like you all the different mountain bike creators that you're putting on here so it's yeah it's total like true privilege to be on this so yeah thanks for having Hope, me. hopefully in the future we can we can do some more things where we have like a topic and we we kind of like break it out like off camber style you know where where i'd love to have you guys back on and, and we talk about you know something specific yeah. instead of you know just digging into to why you're not a rock star and you're a youtube star but like uh <laughs> It was, it was super fun, man. I, I, I truly, truly appreciate it. If you guys aren't familiar with Lone Ranger's channel, I'm going to put that in the show more later as well as his, Hey, you guys should support them on Patreon. You know, obviously their kids need to eat. They apparently <laughs> don't need to, but come on. Um, no, seriously. I, I, I had a great time hanging out with you guys. Once again, anybody that threw up a super chat, I really appreciate I can't speak English. Apparently it must be the Canadian. That's too much Canadian <laughs> going on here. So I appreciate all the super chats that came up. Those of you guys that haven't super chatted yet, you should probably do it now. That'd be good. Um, <laughs> otherwise swing by patreon.biker.com do that. Or like I said earlier, if you're just freaking feeling the cheap, all you got to do is go amazon.biker.com. So that's B1KER.com and make that your Amazon homepage, your bookmark or whatever it is. So whenever you go to Amazon, you're like, you know what? I need a new widget or I need a new whatever. When you get there, it's like the biker shop, but 
there's a search bar at the top, just like Amazon. Weird. Imagine that. Type in whatever you're looking for, buy it, and then I get a cut and it doesn't cost you any more. And that helps support this channel. I'm, I would imagine that if you're on uh, the Lone Rangers channel and you're watching some of his stuff, there's a little show more there. Click the links. It takes you to Amazon. That's an affiliate link for those of you guys that don't know. That gives him a cut too. So like if you're thinking about buying a, a GoPro or you're thinking about buying something, head up to whoever your favorite YouTuber is and just click one of their links and then that will help them out. I um I I don't ask people to do things that I don't do myself. I do this myself all the time. For my job, I do IT and sometimes I buy a couple thousand dollars worth of computers. I always hit up my favorite YouTuber's channel and do that first. So um, do that for me, do that for anybody else. I don't care as long as you do it for somebody. Because it's really, it's it's just a matter of taking a couple of, of extra clicks. Um, subscribe and support us, please. This channel, like the subscriber count is what I watch. It makes me happy. Like when I see that number go up, it makes me stoked. So I would imagine the same thing goes for, for Ryan and Beth as well. Even though they're at like 150 million over there. I think, where, where are you guys at right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I think we're at like 120. Thousand? Yeah. Dude, did you get your like YouTube plaque or whatever you're supposed to get for on? No, they said they told me it'll be in the mail. That's <laughs> it's in the mail. They don't deliver it. No. It's so weird. Yeah. Right. You would think that they would come with like a party and like the like yeah. they just poppers <laughs> and fireworks. A hundred thousand. That's awesome, man. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, stoked on it for sure. Well, once again, do you guys have a sign off on your channel? No. no, but you know what? That whiskey channel, they have the best sign off and I'm going to remember it because I, it's called whiskey try this channel, but I love it. Um, uh, this is it. it. I need a glass for it. If you fight, may you fight for a friend. And if you steal, may you steal your lover's heart. And if you drink, may you drink with us. And then they take a sip, but I don't have any whiskey left. So, but I love that ending. Isn't that great? No, that is actually really <laughs> good. And all, all of a sudden made me feel really bad about saying, Hey, it only takes a bike to be a biker. Get the fuck out and be one, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us.